Insomniacs are minds night, watching movies day and night. Exploring cinema is a wild ride. Allow Filmsomniacs to be your guide. Filmsomniacs. 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 Welcome to the Filmsomniacs. My name is Gunch, and I pirated a Clockwork Orange when I was 13. My name is Wes, and I used to watch really bad movies on the family Netflix and then erase the history so that nobody would know when I was a little little wee child. <laughs> we're, we're two film enthusiasts with trouble sleeping. <laughs> we talk about the weird and obscure. The, uh, shoot, I forgot it. The weird and obscure, the, the pointless pop- and the popular. And... The, the iconic. <laughs> that was so good. Our intros are just magnificent. I love it. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's a hot <laughs> mess, just like us. I, yes. uh, I gunch him sick, so I'm sorry if I sound uh, sort of raspy. Um, so hopefully I sound like a wise old storyteller. If, uh, if that, if, if that uh, pleases you. Extremely wise. I love it. <laughs> and today, so so last uh, week, we rolled our film wheel, our film themes wheel for the first time, and we got uh, the Good For Her Cinematic Universe. Good For Her. The Good For Her Cinematic Universe. <laughs> so I chose Jennifer's Body, which we're not doing today, and Wes chose Pearl, but... When watching, or before watching Pearl, I decided uh, to watch X. Well, I saw that Wes watched X, and then I decided to watch X. And X is just such an interesting movie that we just decided to do an episode on X as well. Yes. X is great. This is X, the Ty West film. Um, What year is it? 2020? 2022. 2022. Shot during COVID. Yeah. Shot during quarantine, um, set in Texas, but shot in New Zealand. Which is funny because it actually hurts my brain a little bit because I'm always thinking New Zealand and I'm like, oh, it's like uh, these are New Zealand characters. But then I'm like, that's not the New Zealand accent. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, because it's Texas. <laughs> it like messes with my brain a little bit because I've done too much research on these movies to like to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, New Zealand for sure. But no, it's it's Texas. It's supposed to be Texas. It's America. <laughs> so they're not New Zealand actors, though, right? No. Because they're all American um, or British. Mia Goth is British. And then, I mean, Kid Cudi, Britney Snow, and I believe Kid- Martin Henderson and Jenna Ortega are American. Yeah, Kid Cudi's uh, definitely American. Britney yeah, Snow Kid Cudi's... is definitely American, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Britney Snow and Kid Cudi are the ones I'm 100 percent sure about, um, for sure. And Jenna Ortega, I believe, is American, but she could be like Canadian or, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's American though. I completely forgot Jenna Ortega is in this movie. She, I know. It's so funny because this was kind of before she blew up. Like she wasn't yeah. Wednesday Adams. She wasn't in Scream Five yet. Um, yeah. This and was then, like right, this was sort of like her breakout a little bit, like just before she blew up, which is wild. Because yeah. if there was like any bigger gap, like if it had been three or four more years before she like blew up, you know, like I don't know, it would be like it would. Be, it's just a different thing. Like she blew up pretty much right after she kind of got started. It seems because X was the first time I ever noticed her for sure, and then all of a sudden she's like the biggest thing on the internet. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah, I thought she was like younger than she was. 
So How old is she? She's twenty. She's gotta be like. Yeah, I was like, she's gotta be a like pretty. She was the only one that was still wearing clothes during her intimacy scene in this film. So I was assuming she was probably yeah. not. 18 yet <laughs> yeah when i was looking up trivia it was talking about how this is a britney snow's first nude film mm-hmm. yeah um but what they failed she to mention to... is that it's it's scott muscutty's first nude film too kid cuddy yeah yeah his first nude the... nude film did you find <laughs> this is so bad <laughs> that i'm curious uh did you find any information on whether or not that's a prosthetic <laughs> It's probably definitely. I didn't. I didn't. But uh, it was so funny to me. Yeah, like it's so funny. (laughs) Just like Kid Cudi's got a huge schlong in this movie. (laughs) Huge, and it's obscured by shadow. Yeah, (laughs) but it still is. It's still he swing. He swings it, man. It's funny. Yeah, it's literally swinging, and it's really funny. (laughs) And and he swings it in front of like the old boy too. I thought that's like, yeah, that scene is actually one of my favorite scenes. Is when he goes out with um with Howard to look for his girlfriend, (laughs) and or no, he goes to help Howard look for Pearl, his wife. That was a really good scene. Um, yeah, yeah. The first time me and my friend watched that, um, shout out to Cinema Coconut. We watched this together uh, a while ago, but that we were just dying laughing. And yeah. then when that happened again, when I watched it last night, I was dying laughing. It too. is so funny. I I remember seeing that in the theaters, and I think that the the dick swinging got the biggest laugh out of the audience. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a very adult very hard R horror film, mostly for nudity, but also for violence. Um, th- like, I wouldn't say it's tame in the violence department. I would say it's well-balanced. So it doesn't feel super graphic and gory, but it actually really is. It's not, yeah, it's definitely more um, of the nudity sort of graphic than the violence. Yeah. The violence is, I will say, like, it's down, I think it's downplayed a little. I mean, but when it hits, it's still pretty good. Like, yeah. when she stabs that guy in the throat so many times, I forgot how many... Like, I forgot that it actually shows, like, his head, de- like, detaching. <laughs> like, That's I was like, true. oh, <laughs> that, like, surprised me this time around because I had forgotten about that. But, yeah, most of the violence is pretty, like, quick and done with pretty fast. That's like, true. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and some of the scenes were just real quick. Yeah. The um, pacing is very fast in this film. Well, like, some of the kills were really quick. Yeah. And like sort of just like seconds on screen. But then there were certain things that just like held for a really long time. Yeah. And like, and it would also cut in, it would intercut between like the the porno that they were filming Mm -hmm. and the uh, actual movie. (laughs) (laughs) I had to keep turning it down living in in an apartment. I had to keep turning it down because it just was like. It sounds like you're watching a porn. (laughs) I couldn't hear it. And then all of a sudden I'd turn it up because, you know, I have fucking bad ears. And then all of a sudden it would just be like very loud, very graphic. This is like totally 70s style. (laughs) Yeah. There's some really porn sounding moans in the soundtrack and the score too. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like little moans here and there throughout. <laughs> it's just, it's a really interesting, they really, really, really utilize the the porn, the theme of porn and making a porno, like, very well in this film. Like, uh, 
I, that was one of the things that I found most interesting about it, actually, because like you'd think if it was going to be yeah. anything about a porno, it would be just really trashy and like classless. But the film is like actually very like well crafted and smart and like thematically layered and shot well, and like. But yeah. the subject matter is so trashy. It's it's porn and old people and and in you know like Texas Chainsaw Massacre you know type events going on. <laughs> so it's like the subject's so trashy, but the execution is so like heightened and classy or 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 elevated horror. Right. I, really I saw an interview um, where the first question with Ty Williams was, uh, "Some people call this elevated horror. What do you think of that?" Because, like, elevated horror is something that I, I didn't realize that people didn't like that term. Yeah. I mean, I just saw that video, uh, shout out to the Real For Real podcast, who yeah. made that video on TikTok about that. And, yeah, it seems like the general consensus is, is that elevated horror is a pretentious, annoying term. I think the implications of elevator horror kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it's like the idea that like all of a sudden this movement of horror was the first movement that like decided to be smart with it. And it was like, um, no, yeah. we've had like The Exorcist. We've had like Halloween. We've had like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like these right. are all horror films with thematic layers and they're really intelligent and they're well shot and they're well made. Like... I, I don't guess know. It's I would have like called new... that. I guess I would have called those elevated horror, but I yeah, right. that's not really. But like, the it's term. generally used to describe like this particular horror movement, and I think it is kind of a bad term, in my opinion. But at the same time, there's no other term at the moment to describe this movement of horror. Um, so until somebody comes up with a better term, you know, use the term elevated horror. Like it's it. The implications yeah. are a little lame, in my opinion, but like, well, you know. and then I mean, there's some good uh, 2000s horror movies for sure. Yeah. But uh, you know, the market was kind of dominated by the grunge, sort right. of like nasty, overly violent, like grunge style horror. Um, and then, you know, you got a, you got, you started getting movies like, um, uh, It Follows. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what started the like elevated horror movement was it follows that's like the first example of totally. this movement i could probably think of i think so yeah i think it follows is like the proto of like and i guess you could call it the cerebral i'd cerebral almost call it like horror. neo neo indie art house <laughs> like, yeah neo art house horror right because like it is artsy it's yeah. like it's something that film um that like people who are really into film appreciate because like it uses a lot of really interesting techniques and mm -hmm. it's got like really, really strong scripting and acting yeah. and shot design. So I kind of, I mean, I guess I kind of understand. And, and Ty West during this interview, so that was the first question was, uh, well, people consider X to be uh, elevated horror. What do you think about that? And Ty West was like, it's not uh, something I really understand, and if they want to call it that, that's fine. Right. But, like, the... So I, he said uh, the subject matter was not elevated. Right. But it's so trashy. The, the technical <laughs> aspect of it was... Or we tried to... He said we tried to do... Uh, we tried to take really good care um, making doing the technical aspect of the film. 
I'm butchering what he how he said it, but like that's basically what he says. Like, yeah, we, we worked mean, really hard on the technical aspect of the film. He didn't say yeah, it pompous shows. or anything like that. It was right. It was respectable. I mean, it it really does show. Like, I think uh, personally, in my opinion, this is out of all the Ty West films I've seen, which would be X, Pearl, Innkeepers, and House of the Devil. X. And maybe Pearl. I don't know. I think I like X just a tiny bit better after this after this rewatch of them both. Um, like when I saw them both originally, I walked out of Pearl thinking that one was a better one. Now I'm kind of back with X. Um, I think X is Ty West's best film on several levels. I think I think the acting is better in this film than it has been in his other films. And he's had great performers in his films. I'm not ragging on anybody who's been in House of the Devil or you know he's had great performers. Um, I just think. Everyone in this movie worked together really well. Like, Brittany Snow worked together really well with the cast, Jenna Ortega, Mia Goth. They all just came together and, like, were really cohesive. And It definitely felt like an ensemble. You had yeah. a lot of really strong players. Yeah, and, like, I think this is Brittany Snow's, like, most commanding performance. Like, she's, you know, like, I guess most people probably know her from, like, Pitch Perfect. But, right. like, uh, she's so good in this. She's so good. She's... She's smart. She's quippy. She's you know she's she's just a really good character, and I I just yeah. I love how she was written. I love how everybody was written in this movie. They they play off of each other really really well, and they even have that musical number in the middle of it. Yeah, landslide in the middle, and it's like one of the best covers of landslide that I've heard. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> like really I guess really if good. If you have people who can sing, like if you have Kid Cudi and Britney Snow, you might as well have a musical number in the middle of your movie. Right, <laughs> right. It's yeah. so awesome. Well, and uh, yeah, and, and uh, Kid Cudi produced this, so I'm yeah. wondering if that just means he took like a very heavy pay cut, or if he funded part of it. Right. But he's done some. He's done some other film stuff. Yeah, I looked him up after this to see what other uh, like had he acted before, and he did some like boxing movie. Uh, I can't remember what the title is off the top of my head. Hmm. Um, and uh, some other TV shows, but yeah, he's been he's been. I hope to see him again. He has great screen presence. I thought he was really funny and uh, just like a good, another good character, just a really good character. Like <laughs> that's, what's great about this movie is they're all like doing their porn thing and they're all a little, they're all a little, uh, what would you call it? Like, like, uh, uh, you know, they're all part of that subculture of making porn films. So, you know, they have, they have the edge to them, but like, they're still, <laughs> they got that X factor. Yeah. They got that X factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're just all so fully realized characters. And I don't know. I just, I feel like I could be friends with this group of people. Like they're just so much fun to, to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this. Like I enjoyed this cast of characters. Like, and yeah, I agree. I feel like I could be friends with most of them. Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> Not really Howard or Pearl, of course. Yeah. Howard. I kind of feel bad for Howard, but at the same time, like I don't, I don't know. I don't feel bad for Howard. He's a motherfucker. Like, he is. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. He's like a terrible person, but like he's he also like not to get into the end of the movie right at the beginning of the podcast, but like the way he dies is so sad. <laughs> so sad. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's so really great. really perfect because like. Because uh, um, what's the what's the manager's name again? 
um, the um, the producer's name is Wayne, right? Wayne, yeah. He says, uh, well, two things you got to know about women is, uh, or what, uh, how to survive women. One of yeah. them is, like, don't ever comment on their weight. Yeah. And then he, and as soon as Howard's like, well, she's heavier than she looks, then she's like, huh? <laughs> he just gets a heart yes. attack and dies. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's, that's that what so you get brilliant. for calling, that's what you get for calling Jenna Ortega fat. <laughs> that <laughs> is so, die. I never, I, this script is so smart. There's so many of those little things in there. Um, and I caught more of them this time, but I didn't catch that one. That's so great. But the one that I caught this time is when Howard comes out with his shotgun when they first arrive at the farmhouse. Um, and, you know, after the, the confusion is, you know, dismissed and they, you know, are like, oh, we don't have to shoot each other. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, you guys called on Wednesday. Okay. And he goes, yeah, you, you got that big gun there. And he goes, oh, it's empty. You just kind of wave it around most of the time. It gets the trick done. And I was like, that's a double entendre. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's an old man, he, he you know he's not loaded, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just all he can do is wave it around and hope hope he gets the trick done. <laughs> it's just it really clever. Yeah. yeah, of course, like yeah, of course the gun is Howard's <laughs> phallic you <know>. symbol. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, like uh, a few other things. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should just hop into the 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 plot now. Yeah. Well, wait, I wanted to start with just like some, I guess, okay, I have some like interesting trivia that I wanted to talk about the titling, like, I wanted to talk about like the X writing history. Yes. A little bit. Um, I'd love to hear it. Tell me all about it. Okay. So the title of the film is called X. And it's like, you know, the, the idea is like the X writing. And the X rating is really interesting because, like, it was a uh, it was a rating that wasn't trademarked, so that movies could self apply it, so that they didn't have to be submitted to the MPAA for parental guidance. Which, Which I feel meant, like is just the MPAA's way of saying we don't want to watch this shit. Just go ahead and rate it yourself. <laughs> well, well, they didn't have to. They could just be like, yeah, yeah they don't even have to bother with it. Right. So the MPAA wouldn't, because like, cause at that point they didn't have NC-17. And like right. at that point it was like if your film was past R, it was like worse than R, then it would actually have to be censored down to R if right. you wanted to get an R rating. Otherwise, like you couldn't have a rating. It was unrated. So the X rating was kind of like the workaround for people right. who were making more graphic content or more graphic videos movies right content's such a nasty word sorry i said it <laughs> well no i mean yeah you know content yeah like more graphic films like and it was porn but it was also stuff like there's some really famous ones like one notable yeah. some notable films uh sam raimi's evil dead was released yeah. with an x rating uh john waters female trouble was released yeah. with an x rating ralph bakshi's fritz the cat first wow. animated i think the only animated film with an x rating uh, Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange, uh, Pedro Almodovar's Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. <laughs> That's and, crazy. Uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer by John McNaughton. All, all released with uh, an wow. X rating. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and most of those have been re-rated now to either be R or NC Seventeen. NC Seventeen. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. I think they're yeah. all. I think they're all still NC Seventeen. No, because Clockwork Orange is rated R now, oh. I think. 
I'm pretty sure. But like, oh, maybe I'm. Maybe that's not right. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe some of them are. But Evil Dead, I think, is in season 17 still officially. But it, it, they never released it on the back of the case. It just doesn't have a rating on the case ever when I see it. But if you go on, online, it always says NC17. Yeah, which I mean, is weird because like, it doesn't seem that graphic nowadays to this. No, I mean it's still a very gory film for sure. But I mean, A Clockwork Orange doesn't feel that graphic either. Yeah, it's just the know. the one scene, the singing in the rain scene, is yeah. maybe gives it that edge to bring it to the x level but um but, but yeah it, nowadays it doesn't yeah. seem these are all yeah. i mean they're all button pusher filmmakers though you know oh yeah definitely. they're all like people who like to push the bar all those people. i have like this image of the mpaa <laughs> as like six soccer moms who like gather together with like a plate of brownies to like rate these films <laughs> so like i'm yeah. just imagining like that group of women watching like a clockwork orange or something <laughs> and like uh, it's not funny, but it's a little bit funny. <laughs> like just imagining how um, how objectionable they'd find, yeah, just anything in any one of those movies you listed off. Like John Waters is just sitting there, like in the corner, smoking a cigarette and like giggling quietly at them, <laughs> going the like, MPAA "Oh, is oh like, I never, <laughs> wow, I never." <laughs> yeah, that's just my image of the MPAA. I'm sure it's rather inaccurate, but. <laughs> It's probably like a bunch of fucking like freaks who love like yeah. video nasties and stuff and just get real technical <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, but the weirdest instance of X rating, in my opinion, was uh, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, Midnight Cowboy. Because that That's like one. Maybe the most famous one. It won Best Picture. It was yeah. the only X rated film to ever win Best Picture. Um, and at it Oscars. is very tame. Like, yeah. PG tame. Like if if a gay romance could be rated PG, like it's about that. Tame. I feel like I it's X because of being gay and like yeah. And the funny thing involvement is, back yeah. Then. But if you're a, if you're a kid, if you're like uh, maybe not a kid nowadays. If you're a kid back when I was a kid, where you know and raised in a, a sheltered environment, watching Midnight Cowboy, I feel like you wouldn't even catch that it was about a gay romance. Yeah, and like you could maybe even miss all the drug references too. Like that's how subtle this movie is in comparison to like movie. Like nowadays, like if they remade Midnight Cowboy, it would like open on a gay sex scene, and then right afterwards, uh, the character Dustin Hoffman's character, like it would open on Dustin Hoffman's character hooking up with somebody and then shooting up heroin, like right after. Like nowadays, that would be yeah. the opening scene, like fucking <laughs> right. shooting up. Credits, right? <laughs> Title card. The like, credits would be happening would be. over that, over like yeah. a montage oh, of that happening. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> it would just not be subtle at all. So like, <laughs> that's what blows my mind about Midnight Cowboy being rated X. Is when I watched it, I was expecting something a lot more steamy, and I got something. It had to very just. Tame. It had to just be that the MPAA was very strict. Yeah. Yeah. Like being gay was just absolutely like not allowed <laughs> in mainstream media i guess yeah yeah i and i don't know i mean i hope i want to cover all these films that i just mentioned on this yeah, podcast that'd be great. um i've seen most of them and i enjoy most of them uh, i've enjoyed the ones that i've seen so yeah but anyways great that's that's yeah the x rating is really interesting to me yeah. But they sort of did away with it because um, what essentially happened was that 
uh, pornos were trying to get themselves played in theaters. So more and more theaters were playing porn or were just like they were being forced to play pornos and they didn't want to. So they were like, well, we're just not doing X films at all. No X films. Like kind of. (laughs) And then the MPAA made the NC-17 thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was some like very short sightedness on the on the side of the MPAA to be like, here's this X rating. You know, it's not trademarks. It can be self-applied, you know, so that we don't have to watch your super gory horror films but then it turns out that all these porn titles are like oh there's the x rating now like right. that was just some short-sightedness on the NBA's part because of course the porn companies were going to start shoving their films into all the mainstream theaters like like where they didn't have the internet back then Pornhub wasn't around where like all right. they had that's all they had was porn theaters and then all of a sudden they have that x rating oh we can go into regular theaters now of course they were going to it was just such pure short-sightedness on the like on the part of the mpaa to do that i can't even imagine what it would be like being in a world where like porn is not readily accessible that's crazy <laughs> i mean i honestly think what we have now is much better than, you know, walking into the theater and having like <laughs> ET on one screen. And then the next screen is like, Debbie gets railed. Or something. Yeah. The farmer's <laughs> daughters. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot better now that it's sequestered onto the internet where, you know, people can access it in their own privacy. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally. It's so much better now. Totally. Totally. <laughs> It just cra- it just cracks me up. I can't imagine what the state of theaters were like when porn was just there with like freaking kids movies on the, the screen next door. Like nowadays, yeah. I hear Marvel movies coming through the walls. Sometimes, imagine hearing a right. porno come through the walls of whatever movie you're sitting in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, some like, like Disney film part. from the seventies. Yeah. yeah, you're at the most quiet part of Bambi, and all of a sudden you hear just like the most like vicious moaning from the other screen. <laughs> 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 right God after damn. Bambi's mom dies or dad Your mother dies won't or come around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like that part in Fight Club where like he's talking about editing oh, in the porn frames the porn and he splices the, the porn into the Oh good God. <laughs> It's just, I made that joke too many times when I worked at the theater, and I think that's why I never got promoted. See, like you gotta just be subtle about it. Yeah, you can't talk about it. You yeah, do it. You just even if the manager that you're talking to appears to be one of the cool managers, just learn from my mistakes. There's no such thing as a cool manager. It doesn't exist. No, no. <laughs> they're, if you become a manager, you're no longer cool. Their goal, their goal is not to promote you. Yeah, it like the, the wildest thing is is a lot of the people that were my managers by the time I left Cinemark. Were people I trained? <laughs> were people I trained? They came in, fresh little babies. I told them everything I knew, and then they got promoted. Something's fucking <laughs> wrong with that picture. Yeah, so messed up. But that's why this title is so genius, because it yes. builds that like high-concept horror with uh, porn. Yes. It's just... And, and that, like, okay, I didn't really understand this movie when I first watched it. I thought, like, it was nothing special. I think because, like, I was thinking that this was going to be, like, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type thing. 
Yeah, and it has similarities, but it's different. It's I feel right. like it's a lot different from Texas. There's Chainsaw. definitely the references there, but it's the like, it's a wholly different thing. They definitely reference they reference a lot of horror movies in this movie. Yeah, but like, and I think maybe Texas Chainsaw is kind of maybe the most like prominent reference, but that's yeah. about it. It's just visual references for the most part. Yeah, Pearl almost feels closer to Texas to me. I was actually thinking that this time through, too. I was like, this actually is a little bit more... Because they got the rotting pig and everything. She sets up the dinner table at the end. Right. And uh, that just... I don't know. That touched on some Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe a little bit more than uh, than X did. Right. They they went for that because it was like set in Texas. So, I don't know. We'll cover Pearl on the next episode, though. So, anyways, let's let's get into the movie. All right. I love this movie. So, it's starts with this really cool shot which i talked about um which is like from inside of the barn and so it's like a frame within the frame shot you see the farmhouse from inside of the barn with the barn doors framing the shot so it's like framed in a way that makes the shot almost look four by three which is the like uh the aspect ratio that old movies were made in and then the camera dollies forward and it opens up into like modern wide frame, which I just think is like really brilliant way to set up the themes of the movie of like old and new coming together. It's uh, fucking or, genius because he could have just done he could have just did the aspect ratio and then had the aspect ratio change. Right. But he actually framed it so that it resembled the aspect ratio right. and then moved the camera so that it resembled the aspect ratio changing. That it's was so brilliant. It's so smart. It really is. And I, I didn't catch that the first time I saw that, but it's such a simple little touch that just like immediately elevates the story. That's, um, that's what I didn't get the first time around was yeah. like that. This is a movie about film. Yeah. This is truly like a movie about like, it's a love letter to like the seventies. And I think it's like also like uh, a, a way to kind of compare how audiences react to porn is like similar to how like mainstream audiences react to horror where it's like seen as like lesser or, you know, it can't possibly be artistic because it's horror, you know, or porn or, you know, any of that, because like a lot of the uh, RJ, the director, he's like his whole goal in this movie is like to prove that you can make an artistic dirty picture. Like that's his entire goal. And like, yeah, a touch I think, of the like, avant-garde. Yeah, it's so and it's so funny because he says that, and then a few minutes later we get like kind of like some avant-garde editing where it like flashes in and out between a couple shots before fully transitioning, which is just I think so pretty. The it, it, like I think it happens three times in the movie, and each time it's just really gorgeous. Um, Have you ever seen um, Easy Rider? No, but like I think by Dennis Hopper. Think... That like that movie is. Um... I don't know if this is truly where it started, but that is another movie that did that sort of the, like the flashing, the edit, flashback, flashing edit, the flash back and forth transition. And like, they did it like, you know, back when it was film, whereas mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know, maybe X was shot on film. I don't know if it was shot on film or digital. It seemed like it was probably shot on film. It but... looks like it was, I don't know. I couldn't say I I I felt like it was like they added film grain to it. That's what it kind of feels like to me. But it's like that's so all fucking, speculation. It's so fucking but it looks dark gorgeous. too. Oh yeah, but yeah, 
the blacks are nice and crispy. Well, that was Easy Rider is a great film. I hope we cover it, or we will cover it on the pod, absolutely, because I love that film. But that uh, that used that editing technique, and that yeah. was the seventies. A totally like in like totally uh, indicative of the seventies type movie. So yeah. that made perfect sense that that editing technique was used. It's yeah, used like, really well. It feels like um, some people are going to get mad at me for saying this. Maybe you will. <laughs> what's your th- what's your thoughts on Rob Zombie? I honestly have only seen his Halloween movies, and I didn't like them. So I I don't have an opinion on him because I feel like that's unfair because he's made his own original stuff that wasn't a remake, um, and I should watch those before I really like I mean, he's, <laughs> form an opinion on Rob Zombie. He's but, hit yeah. or miss for me, but I I will say I did like House of a Thousand Corpses. And that movie feels um, very similar to this one. And I nice. think like that's what Ty West was doing with this was like essentially just making something that was like a romp with like mm-hmm. really good filmmaking. Yeah. But like just truly like uh, like I love the seventies and eighties kind of a yeah. movie. Yeah, it's very, very seventies throwback. I mean yeah. it takes place in nineteen seventy nine and and it's just, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, the peak but, of the decade. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's just so well made. Um, and that American, was it an American flag title card? Yeah, well, the 1979 card, yeah, it, it's like, an, it, I think it's an American flag. I can't remember right off the top. It's, you know, red, red white, and blue. It's stars and stripes. So definitely Americana. Maybe it's the Texas flag. I don't know. But. I can't remember off the top of my head for sure. But um but yeah. So it opens with that shot of the aspect ratio changing from the barn door. Uh and it's just like kind of like uh starting the action at the end where like the police are, you know, like reviewing the crime that had taken place. And they're like, Wow, what on earth happened here? And one guy finds the camera and he goes, Oh, maybe that's at the end. Because this is like the framing device, is the cops here. Um so it, you know, it jumps back 24 hours earlier, you know. Uh, yeah. And we see Maxine, Mia Goth, amazing. Amazing Mia Goth. Um, she is great. And, yeah. And she's looking in a mirror, and they're about to... Her and her boyfriend, Wayne, who is a porn She's railing producer, the yayo also. Yes, she's taking a giant coke. fucking bump. <laughs> that huge, was a fat line. Huge, huge line. It, like, made my head hurt just thinking about it. I was like, damn, you don't want to cut that up a little bit more? Shoot. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, she takes a massive bump, and uh, Wayne comes in, and he goes, you know, be careful with that, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Go Um, easy on that stuff. Too much of a good thing. Yeah, too much of a good thing. And, uh, but, yeah, so they're getting ready to go out to make a dirty picture in a barn house that they have rented for a weekend or a couple days or so. Um, I don't ever think a timeline is really given. It all happens yeah. in one day. but uh, Yeah, because we, we see the brutal like aftermath right in the beginning of yeah. just like, a bunch of fucking dead people. Yeah. Oh, and, like, and in the beginning it has the um, freaked out like uh, pastor. Yeah, on the, the TV. The televangelist on the TV. Yeah. Who's like doing some crazy like Christian uh, like lamenting, you know, as televangelists yeah. do. He's but like all the dead how... people are around and Right. Oh sorry, go ahead. 
No, yeah, the, the, the pastor or the televangelist is all talking about how, like, this is like the generation of sin or whatever. And, uh, and you know, they're just, you know, blood all over the place, bodies all over. The cops are investigating everything. And, yeah. And then what were you saying? And then it goes to 24 hours earlier. Yeah. So it's, it's like, yeah, giant it's a, it's a one day, one day sort of a situation or it happened yeah. one day. Yeah. And it then just one boom, day. giant line of Coke. It's just the biggest line of Coke you've ever seen snorted in a film. <laughs> it's just so massive. Good job. But yeah. Goth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that must be like Absolute crushed up vitamin queen. D or something. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. But, um, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just actual We're Coke. not judging if it is Coke. Yeah, yeah I but mean, uh, maybe go easy on it. You know, too much of a good thing. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of coke in one in one sniff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they all they all hop in the back of their van. Uh, uh, a director, RJ, his his girlfriend, the sound the sound recordist, Lorraine, the producer, Wayne, Bobby Lynn, the the blonde main star of the film, and Maxine who is Wayne's girlfriend, who has dreams of bigger stardom than just pornos. She, she needs to be famous, she says, as they drop off a gas station. I need to be famous, Wayne. I'm sick of and, never getting uh, what I want. Yeah, yeah. So she's a very uh, ambitious character, driven, um, maybe a little bit selfish, um, but, you know, a full, rounded character we love to see. And Mia Goth plays her wonderfully. Um, but yeah, I think it's great when they stop at the gas station and the director is, uh, you know, kind of doing a low angle of Kid Cudi filling up the gas tank and Brittany Snow comes out <laughs> and she goes, you know, if you, if you tilt up from the, uh, the pump, it'll look like he's using his cock. And so he, he looks yeah. at her and he gives her like kind of a look and then he does it and he goes, yeah, that works really well. That's, that's nice. And Kid Cudi is like, he's like throwing his head back. Yeah. Like, he's, really, so he's really playing into it. It's so funny. He's so great. Um, I love it. Yeah. It's just a, a little moment that shows you that, you know, Brittany Snows is, is, uh, um, that Bobby Lynn is more than just tits and blonde hair and good looks. She's also creative and intelligent and quippy yeah. and confident. And I think that's, it's just a smart little moment to, 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 to flesh out a character. And the women in that. this movie feel very uh, like three dimensional. Yeah. They're super well-written. Really, really um, nice and refreshing to see that in like a movie that's about porn basically yeah. i almost think it was necessary it was so necessary yeah. for him to nail the female characters in a film like this for it not to come across yeah uh misogynistic or or um just yeah for it not to come across bad they like, feel like they have male. they feel like they all have agency and yeah um, i mean you know britney snow said that they have that she feels like the characters have agency and so did mia goth so yeah. um you know, take their words for it if you won't take mine. I mean, I feel like most of the movie is told through the women's perspective in the movie. Like, you see Pearl's perspective, you see a little bit of Lorraine's, you see a lot of uh, of, of Maxine's perspective throughout the film. Um, you don't really see Kid Cudi's perspective except for in the one scene with Howard. You don't really see Wayne's perspective except for, once again, that one scene with Howard. Uh, there's, a so little like, bit of, there's a little bit of Wayne. Yeah. But like a little bit of him just like looking around for right. That's right when he's looking for. Um, but 
Yeah. RJ, that's right. And I guess you see RJ crying in the shower. <laughs> so you get a little bit of his perspective, too. <laughs> God, I forgot about that shit. It's a little bit sad, but a lot of bit funny. <laughs> um, RJ, yeah, RJ is a motherfucker. Yeah, he's such a tool. I think he's, I hate him more than Howard. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the one character in the main group that is like, okay, you know, toss off, like, go away. <laughs> like, we, we don't want you here. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, he's just, he's the one that's like, his whole motivation is to make an artistic, dirty picture. And like, that's his whole goal. And his girlfriend, Lorraine, played by Jenna Ortega, is completely unimpressed at the beginning. She's like, okay, like, whatever. This is still a porno. Like, are you, like, yeah. why are you wasting all your energy being artistic on a, it's a porno. Like, stop it. Like, that's basically her whole, like. And she's holding the boom. She's being yeah. the boom mic. Uh, and they call her church mouse because she doesn't talk. <laughs> Wayne calls her church mouse because she's so silent. And Maxine's like, that girl's weird. She just keeps staring at me. And she doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Wayne's like, it, oh, she probably never seen anybody like us before. <laughs> right. Because like, she's very yeah. young. It actually makes a lot of sense why she would be kind of like awkward and silent at first. Because she's like maybe, yeah. like, I don't know how old her character is supposed to be. But she can't be older than 1920. Um, and in the 70s, you really could go without seeing people like that right being exposed to that for your whole so like, sort of young life or even yeah. your whole entire life like possibly howard yeah and it's so funny because she has that moment with uh with britney snow right after they filmed kid cuddy filling up filming filling up the tank um where uh she's asking britney she's asking bobby lynn's character she's asking britney snow's character bobby lynn sorry um <laughs> she's like so are you and jackson boyfriend girlfriend uh, no, Bobby Lynn asks her, so, you know, do you help with all your, do you help with all of RJ's films? And she goes, sometimes, yeah. You know, she's a yeah. little awkward about <laughs> it. And she goes, so do you, are you and Jackson boyfriend, girlfriend? And she goes, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. So yeah, true. it's like, it's the weirdest, like, thing to reply with sometimes. Like, do you help on all your boyfriend's films? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Is that your boyfriend? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. That is a really great scene. God. I love them. They're so good. But then they, uh, after getting a few judgmental looks from the cashier at the gas station while talking openly about all this sex stuff. Wayne, uh, yeah, Wayne, like, says something like, oh, yeah, you gotta be careful what people think about sex. And he, like, yeah. winks at the, like, cashier, and they're just, like... They just give him yeah. the nastiest, most like dry look ever. Yeah, and as they leave, it actually shows that she's got like a big cross on her, like uh, on <laughs> behind the counter, and and she's watching the the same televangelist that comes on TV later. Yeah, she's watching that freaky televangelist dude who so comes that of... that comes back in the movie like multiple times. Yeah, and actually guy. a really important detail at the yeah. very end that I completely forgot about, actually. Um, so I was like, oh, wow. So I'm, I'm assuming that, um, we'll get into that detail in the end. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, He's important. We should try to, we should, we should mention every time he comes on screen. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know how many times he, he's mentioned in this film, but at the end, yeah, it's an important, it's an important character. Right, it turns out to be an important character, and I, I think it's going to be a big part of the third one, um, which I cannot wait for. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I totally will. Yeah. Um, but then they make their way out of the gas station and to the farmhouse, where they are waiting outside in the van while Wayne goes to introduce the group. 
he knocks on the door and is greeted with Howard holding a shotgun to his face. <laughs> and Howard's and like, what are you doing here? <laughs> we never see... Well, I mean, like, we do sort of see his face and Pearl's face. Mm-hmm. But, like, for so much of this movie, Howard is just, like, obscured. Yeah, he's, so like, far Pearl. away or in the shadows. Yeah, yeah, his face is just, like... Yeah, or it's, like, from behind or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, you see him, like... It's, like, through the windshield. And you see yeah. him, like, far away, like, pointing the gun at uh, Wayne. And Kikuddy's just like, damn, that's one ugly motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, oh... <laughs> But yeah, so Howard's confused. He's like, what are you guys doing here? This is private property. I'm going to shoot you, you know, yeah. basically. You're and from Wayne's the county? Like, Losses I can shoot. <laughs> yeah. And Wayne's just like, uh, we talked on Wednesday. Remember? We're renting your, we're renting your boarding house or whatever. And, uh, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The gun's not loaded. I just wave it around. Usually gets the trick done. <laughs> Yeah. And Wayne's like, I got the same thing in my glove box, which is actually an important little detail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's got a gun. Yeah. Wayne has a gun in the car. Yep. But it's not loaded. Um, and His isn't loaded either. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so they get shown to the to the house that they're renting, and Howard's like, starting to get a vibe from these kids. He's like, I don't remember, you know, you saying you were going to bring all these people out and, you know, maybe he notices the camera. Maybe, you know, I don't know. He sees that they're all like, he sees that they're all like young and sexy looking. Yeah. And it's like, they're all bohemians. (laughs) And then he, (laughs) he basically is just like, I don't think I like any of you, but my wife is, you know, uh, my wife is in the house next door, so please be discreet, basically, is what he says. And Kid Cudi is like, you know, I served in Vietnam. I've had enough farmers, sh- you know, waving guns at me, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> like, know what I mean, pops. Like, yeah, I know <laughs> what I mean, pops. <laughs> Cause of pops. And, uh, yeah, a really, really intense thing to say, I feel like, in the moment, but it, it works. <laughs> and Howard leaves them be to get started on what they're doing which is well it's because because howard asks if he serves if or uh yeah howard yeah. asks if uh wayne's wayne served and he's like i got flat feet yeah and then he's like okay i don't I like you, you in Vietnam. But had then, enough farmers waving guns at my face you dig pops <laughs> yeah and then uh he's still just like well i don't like any of you yeah, <laughs> which is a really funny thing to say. I don't think I like any of you. I don't think I like any of you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. And I he's just like, can't wait until I'm that old and I can just be that blunt. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even like when they're all in there, his face is still like obscured in shadow. Somehow. Yeah, he's just so like, it's like his brow bone is so protruded that it like right. obscures the rest of his face in shadow. And it must be prosthetics built up because I'm looking at the man's face who played Howard and he doesn't look. Like, he does a lot of prosthetics work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had uh, he was the main orc in uh, Lord of the Rings. In which which one? In the first one? Well, I think the one in, that in almost killed Boromir. Oh, not the Uruk. Oh, the one that looks like oh uh, the orc. Yeah. So like you know, I'm... there's the guy with the hand print on his face, and he's like the tough guy, and then the orc yeah. is like the little shitty like. 
Uh, <laughs> it's like that's who Howard is. <laughs> Wait, I'll find him. He's As, not the Harvey uh, Weinstein orc, is he? No. <laughs> no. Let's see if I can find him. That's so funny. The wiki has a the wiki has a good picture of him. Oh yeah, speaking of Lord of the Rings, the Weta Workshop did the special effects for X. That's a good question. Let me see. He played Grishnak in Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Oh yeah, nice. so like. Um... Yeah, Weta Workshop did all the horror prosthetics for X. Let me see. That's so Just cool. to screen share, like... This is who he played. Oh, yeah! That guy. But what screen... Or what workshop did the special effects in X? That's a good question. I didn't even look that up. Let me see. It was Weta Workshop, and they did a Weta lot of workshop. the special effects in... Oh, Weta uh, Workshop. Lord of the Rings, too. Yeah, Weta. Oh. Weta? Weta? Yeah. Oh, nice. So... That's cool. A little so it's Howard. probably the same. It's probably the same workshop that did the <laughs> orc makeup for the guy. That's kind of cool because that means like I don't know. Howard's like our little Lord of the Rings connection, and then there's what a workshop, <laughs> and then there's New Zealand, of course, which is where Lord of the Rings was filmed. Yeah, and also New Zealand. Yeah, so Stephen yeah. Yuri. Stephen Yuri is the guy. Who That's so crazy. That. Is he from New Zealand himself? Yes, he's Australian. Or I don't know if he's from New Zealand, but he's Australian. He's Australian, so he's from, you know, down south. Yeah. Down south. <laughs> I don't know if that's the proper way to denote that area of the world. He's from, what, down Oceania? Under. Down under. <laughs> uh, yeah, that area, even though I think New Zealand and Australia are thousands of miles apart by ocean. That yeah, New area Zealand, of the world. <laughs> New Zealand is different than Australia. Yeah. Um, but... <clears throat> Isn't it still part of the continent of Australia, or am I wrong? I don't think so. I don't. Th I think Australia is its own continent because they're like a thousand miles apart. I'm like terrible with apart. geography, and I get made fun of for this a lot. <laughs> is New Zealand a part of Australia? No. Like they might have some like trade. New Zealand's not part of the continent of Australia, but of the separate submerged content of Zealandia. Zealandia. Okay. New Zealand and Australia are both part of the Oceanian subregion known as Australasia. Cool. With New Guinea being in Melanesia. Melanesia. <laughs> nice. So okay. there's our, our geography lesson for the day. Oceania. So New Zealand is Zealandia. Part of Zealandia. I like that. So now they, they commence. They commence the shooting of yeah. the film. And uh, Lorraine not, is not very the shooting of the people yet, but the shooting of the film happens. <laughs> that comes now. later. Yeah, shooting of the people <laughs> comes later. Uh, there's a lot of shooting that happens in this movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> they do like I forgot to mention they do like come across like a dead cow on the street for some reason at the beginning, and they like roll through the blood, <laughs> and I don't know what oh, yeah. that has on the story, but it is like given importance in the camera work, so. Uh, that's thematically important somehow. I'm sure. I I don't know. I, feel I don't like, know why. I feel like that's low sad. key a horror trope of like establishing yeah, like, something weird right off the bat. They always, if they're driving somewhere at the beginning of a horror film, they have to come across a dead animal. <laughs> it just happens. It's, it's, it's almost like um like the concept of a gatekeeper. 
it'll like yeah. focus in on something or someone that's really weird once they really like pass out of the normal world and into the bizarro world right of, like the so horror that, world the cow guts are like they're crossing the threshold right the dead cow is like the gatekeeper in a weird way Kind yeah, of, kind so of like how, like in Texas Chainsaw, the hitchhiker is the gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah, that's so strange. Um, but yeah, then then they uh, so they they get to the house, they talk to Wayne. The whole thing happens with Howard, and then they start shooting the porn film. And does Mia notice <laughs> uh, Pearl up at the window? Yeah, they they like she looks at the window, and Pearl is looking out at her, and they have like a moment where they kind of just like are looking at each other but then it carries on um so they start uh, they start filming yes and uh and what's the very first sort of what's the walk, walk us through the process so they're doing the the bedroom scene between jackson and bobby lynn um and you know they got the sound recordist in there and like, is everybody in there? Everybody except Maxine. Maxine's off doing her own little thing at this time. But um, I think even Wayne's in there. People who don't need to be in there are in there. Like, this is skeleton crew stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. But the whole crew's in there, um, except Maxine. Which It know, is. It is whatever. everybody but Maxine. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and the funny thing is, is RJ is doing, like, a low angle, and he's trying to direct uh, Jackson, played by Kid Cudi, on how to uh, have sex with... Bobby Lynn, he's like, yeah, yeah, do it this way, thrust this way, do this, that, and this, that. Yeah, and no, blah, take blah, it blah. a little slow. I want to get the more. Fe- I want to get more feeling in it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Jackson just goes, "How about you do the directing and I do the fucking?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes Bobby Lynn start chuckling, and RJ tries to get her genuine reaction of her laughing on the camera. But as soon as he moves the camera to her, she, you know, gets self conscious and starts like fake moaning. And so, like, yeah. You know, basically, it's just like a little touch showing that, like, once the camera's involved, you know, it's you know, different. Genuine reactions out the door. Everything's different with a camera, and that's actually a a, right. a a big thematic element is that the camera changes things, changes the relationship of of a- anything that's happening in front of it. That's um, that's really interesting. That's a really interesting yeah. note, and yeah, that's true. And I didn't even really think about that, but yeah, that's like a little character note that's really interesting with Bobby. Like, yeah. Because the second that he puts the camera back on her, she stops laughing and she starts right. like moaning. She, you know, she gets back <laughs> into the role. But you know, RJ was trying to capture that laughter, and and you know, that's just how it goes. And uh, it's at this moment that you see how uncomfortable Lorraine is filming this porno. She's Jenna like kind of into it. Jenna Ortega's yeah. character. Uh huh. And she's she's just not into it at the moment. Yeah, um, she's like. Because she's very conservative and religious, it seems. Yeah. And also, she just kind of does... I don't think she just... She's just naive. She just doesn't, like, understand it. Because when she's talking through it later, she, like, comes to an understanding. Um, But we'll get into that when that comes up. At this same time that they're shooting this and all that's going on. So does it go to Maxine? Yeah, she's wandering the property, just kind of checking it out. You know, it's... it's (laughs) In her outrageous only overalls. Get yeah, up. she she looks hot. I'm not even gonna lie. She looks really. Oh yeah, great. it's fantastic. Yeah, um, overalls. She's got she makes those, the overalls work. Yeah, she's got those <laughs> cute overalls on, and and is she wearing the boots, the same boots that she wears in 
as Pearl and I, Pearl. I thought she was barefoot, but maybe I'm wrong. She probably is barefoot. I'm probably just getting because in Pearl she wears a very similar overall outfit at the beginning with it's those like, cute boots. There's like similar angles and like yeah. very exact same costume and same same like angles. Yeah, the in the barn for sure. There's like shot for shot like reshots. Yeah, it's so clever for Pearl and X. But anyways. Does she go down she, to the cro- crocodile or the alligator yeah. pond? She goes down to the lake and she takes off all her clothes, which is a wild. It's a wild thing to do to swim right before you're supposed to be shooting. At, like you have hair, like it's gonna get wet. Like and it's a disgusting like. It is a really gross pond. lake. I would it's, never hop in that thing. It's gross. <laughs> Ever in my life, like yeah. when she's tapping her foot in the water and there's all that like mossy particular uh, on the surface ew no thank it's you. all green and you're just gonna skinny dip in that pond man people were yeah. built people were built different back in the 70s right but like absolutely wild thing to do i like if i was filming in half an hour why would you get your hair wet i yeah. don't know anyway, yeah and filming do. and then getting your hair wet yeah that's even yeah. weirder so but, yeah but then we get that crazy crazy overhead shot so beautiful and the music is so nice at that moment with the alligator just like serenely swimming towards her and she doesn't even notice <laughs> yeah. and you also notice pearl is in the trees like maybe a you know six or so yards back like peering through the trees watching her undress and swim and like that's the the that's, alligator that's, yeah that's like the two things coming together there's the alligator and there's pearl and like it's like pearl's sexual frustrations and the alligator's hunger you know they're both <laughs> at that moment got their you know target set on Maxine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a really cool scene. And she steps she gets out of the, the pond like seconds before uh the gator's right there. The gator gets her, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like right there. It gets so close and then she just like hops out like partially. Yeah. Or she's like she like leans up against the pier and the alligator is like right there and then she just like just jumps out yeah like she doesn't nothing. even notice and honestly the first doesn't time i saw it, it. like the logic part of my brain kind of took over and i was like alligators can swim faster than that Blah. but then like now watching it again after having seen pearl it's like well she does look exactly like pearl did when she was younger and that alligator and pearl have been friends for like yeah. you know decades <laughs> so the alligator could have thought it was pearl <laughs> and that's why it didn't eat her because I, I mean it came up about that to bring snow quite a bit later like i mean and also it could just be like a tension thing like right we don't need reality in films for films to work but um, right but it could be like a, a convention that the film established you know i mean yeah you can set any rule you want as right. long as you play by it and yeah. if you break it it has to have meaning exactly yeah but like, but then, uh, is does she see Pearl and like offer to Pearl's, walk Pearl inside? Pearl's there. Yeah, just watching her swim, right? Yeah, being creepy. And she hops out. <laughs> also, also obscured in shadow. So like oh, I don't Howard's think we been. see it. But she doesn't. She Pearl go... invites her back in some or something. Right? Doesn't she go? Well, she sees Pearl there. Yeah. And then Pearl invites her back in to have lemonade. That's right. And it, that's what's cut in between. That's when they're uh, intercutting the the scenes from the porn film they're shooting with yeah. uh, Jackson, Kid Cudi, opening the door. And he goes, you know, my car broke down. And, and I was just wondering if I could use your telephone. And Brittany <laughs> Snow is like, Bobby Lynn goes, oh, my God, we don't have a telephone. But, you know, maybe when my husband gets back, he could give you a ride. Why don't you 
come inside. It's my daddy. <laughs> goes, my daddy gets oh, back. Oh, my, my daddy gets back and give you a ride. Why don't you come inside? <laughs> and he's like, much obliged. <laughs> and that's intercut with uh, with Maxine and Pearl having lemonade. And so, like, yeah, just like a idea. completely darkly lit, like not yeah. lit at all. There's no lighting in the it's like so... house it's like all just from the window so they're just sitting in the dark like her and pearl yeah and it's pearl, so like, awkward it's so fucking weird they're just sitting there quietly and then it cuts to the porn film and it's like bam, 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 bam. it's like the real <laughs> classic like groovy 70s porno music it's so great and then it's it cuts so back wonderful. to just like the silence of like pearl and mia or maxine looking at each other and then like maxine like downs the lemonade super fast yeah. she's like well i gotta go <laughs> she just like drinks the whole thing in like two seconds yeah, yeah, thanks. I must be getting on now. Yeah, it's so interesting too because as she's like walking out the door, Pearl follows her, and they both like stare in the mirror for a second. And Pearl's like, "You're so beautiful," oh. <laughs> and like touches her skin because she's still just wearing the overalls. So she, you know, she's got all this exposed skin area on her side. And Pearl reaches out and like slides her finger like underneath the side of her breast, basically like down the yeah. her rib cage. And she's like, Ugh. you know, you know. Maxine, Maxine understandably freaks it. Reasonably freaked out. Yeah. And Pearl goes, this will be our little secret. And, she, and Maxine's like, what, Will? What? Don't <laughs> like, tell my husband. Don't <laughs> tell my husband. And Howard, Howard, Howard shows up at that moment. He drives up. Yeah, so she has to sneak out the side door. And when she does, she runs back to the house they're renting and Wayne runs out and he goes, where on earth have you been? I've been looking all over for you. We gotta, we're losing the daylight. You got to do your scene. Yeah. And so <laughs> kid says we're uh, losing the light. It's <laughs> so funny. Of course, so, it's RJ saying like we're losing the light. Yeah. Oh, RJ. It's a porn film. You don't need that much light. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, he's trying. He's taking it very seriously. He's doing what I wish. Everybody who was working on film would do, and that is take it seriously. Yeah, um, for real. Film school worries. <laughs> film school follies. Yeah, nobody takes it seriously. Hey, all future filmmakers out there, just, you know, take your film school smartly. Don't go to any film school. <laughs> just be smart. Research how the students act and if they take it seriously, because you don't want to be stuck where nobody's taking it seriously. Anyway, I don't. I don't much. regret. <laughs> I don't regret going to film school, but let me just say, if you go to film school and you don't care... Just know that some people really want to be there. Yeah, and and the people that really want to be there are super annoyed at at the people who are there just for fun. <laughs> yeah, just letting you know for a friend. Yeah, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so they get they sneak into the barn to shoot some barn scenes, and it's so funny because she's dumping like a whole gallon of milk into the pail before. Uh, <laughs> She pours a gallon of milk in the pail. Yeah. Like they're not even going to see into the pail. I don't even think they're going to touch the cow. Cause I don't know. I would actually be really uncomfortable doing that next to a farm animal that I didn't know. Cause those things can be dangerous. Um, yeah. Like a cow is a big creature and could definitely and, do some damage. And there's like bacterial things. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. They weren't, they, they were definitely, um, you know, doing that that crazy guerrilla filmmaker thing where they just like just do it now and we'll think about the consequences later you know well that's, um, he even says that wayne even says yeah yeah um, ask for forgiveness instead of permission <laughs> yeah beg for better for beg for forgiveness than ask for permission you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> such a good line 
<laughs> yeah. And so they're in doing Maxine's scene where she's, I guess, milking a cow. <laughs> and she, uh, that's like, before the, I'm still not over just pouring an entire gallon of milk into the, the pail gallon. for no reason. <laughs> It's so funny. I don't. Weird. That's what's one of the little details that made me chuckle this time. When, like it's it's nothing is called into attention when that happens. But like you just see Bobby Lynn, bloop 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 right before they start filming, just a giant gallon of milk into the pail. But yeah, so they're filming the scene where uh, where Maxine and Jackson have sex um, after Jackson comes in from Maxine milking the cow, I guess. I don't know the porn scenario. It, you don't need to know. They just, they're having sex at some point in that scene. And that's the scene. Did you know The Farmer's Daughters is a real film? Yeah. A real, a real, a real porno, porno film? <laughs> I saw that. I just want to, I just want to real quick digress here. I just want to read the IMDb plot synopsis for The Farmer's yes, Daughters, the real adult film from 1976. Here's the IMDb description. After the farmer's insatiable daughters, gang R-word, their farmhand Fred, three escaped convicts show up and have their way with members of the family. Fred surprises the convicts, and then he determinedly replaces them in victimizing the family. What the fuck? Um, is that a porno or is that straw dogs? <laughs> right? It Jesus sounds like Christ. a fucking snuff film. Wow. It's directed by Zebedee Colt. That is insane. I think that's a fake name. Yeah. Um, because he was uh, <laughs> because he's actually also a Broadway star named Edward Earl Marsh. Uh, wow. Zebedee Colt was his porno director name. That's, that's what, yeah. <laughs> that is a wild plot for a porno. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and supposedly this one has, like, fame because it stars this, like, famous writer named Spalding Gray. Yeah, that's what I saw, too, I don't know. I don't know who Spalding Gray is. He did a monologue called Swimming to Cambodia, but I didn't. I mean, I'm probably showing my age, but I've never heard of it. And it turned it was turned into a film by director Jonathan Van Demme of Silence of the Lambs fame. Wow. So okay. I don't know. Maybe he's good, but apparently he played the main uh, criminal, the main escaped convict in The Farmer's <laughs> Daughters, which just sounds like the most heinous, fucked up shit I've Jesus. ever heard. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was quite a. That was not the plot I was expecting from a porno, <laughs> right? and that's definitely <laughs> not the plot. Of this, uh, of X's the farmer's daughter. No, X's the farmer's daughter is is much more, you know, just it sounds just a regular actually porno. kind of sexy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's much more just a regular porno with a director who fancies himself an artist. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, this is the scene that uh, Lorraine starts realizing that she's kind of into it. Um, I don't know what exactly. Maybe Jackson just has a better connection with um, with Maxine, um, and so when they're performing together, uh, there's more chemistry. I don't know. This but is something yeah, that, this, this is impassioned. Yeah, this is the scene that Lorraine is like, okay, this is actually kind of hot. I kind of I kind of want to be in in uh, I kind of want to be in this movie, um, but it's also the scene where Pearl is walking around the grounds, comes around the side of the building they're shooting in their farmhouse, looks in through the window, sees uh, Maxine riding Jackson um, in the sexual way. Uh, She's looking through the window. 
and <laughs> imagining herself in she's imagining herself in Maxine's position. So while she's watching Maxine and Jackson have sex, she's imagining herself as Maxine having sex with Jackson. And, <coughs> and that's, yeah, that's a big moment for Pearl. Cause then she goes back and she puts makeup on. And Maxine looks, look Maxine looks possible. back. Yeah. And sees her too. And like, they like have a moment looks at her. Yeah. She doesn't say anything. I guess she just didn't want to ruin the take, you know, or maybe she's just so into, um, you know, whatever Jackson's doing in that moment that she just doesn't want to like ruin the moment. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, so Pearl goes back, puts makeup on her face, you know, tries to make herself look as pretty as possible, puts on a dress and she's like really old. And not only is she really old, but they definitely like made her into an unattractive old woman as much as possible. Um, and so like, yeah, like they frame Pearl her struggles. Hair up. Yeah, they she like, looks really messy. Yeah, <laughs> poor girl. <laughs> they made but me. Yeah, a, she they up. made me look really gross. Yeah, it was like eight like, hours. Grosser of than an old. Grosser than like you know, like an old person. I I don't like normally consider them gross unless they like don't take care of themselves. But like right. you know, like that was just like a really like overly like fakely gross old person. Yeah. both of them. And like, I think it was like overly overly gross yeah not like made a, to be like not like a real masculine. old people not like real yeah. old people it's very stylized or <laughs> yeah, uh stylized very, yeah elevated one could yeah say. elevated oldness um, <laughs> um and <laughs> and it's really actually kind of a sad moment because she goes up to howard and she's like howard you know can we please try to have sex you know please like look at me, you know, I, I made myself pretty for you. And Howard's like, oh, I can't, you know, we've tried, but my heart, my heart's too bad. You, you know? know, my heart, I can't do it. <laughs> and and Pearl's like, please, it, it won't, it won't happen. Your heart won't go out, please. And he's just like, I can't. And uh, Oh, and, and, and when she's doing herself up, it's like also in an unlit room with like th four mirrors and like really yeah. creepy, like a really creepy dark room. <laughs> like four yeah. mirrors that she's doing her makeup. <laughs> the aesthetics of this film are on point. <laughs> it's just really yeah. great. Um, and that leads directly into the scene where they're singing Landslide. They've, you know, finished shooting for the day and they all go back to the house they're renting. Um, and the, you know, Jackson has a guitar and Bobby Lynn is, you know, can sing because it's Britney Snow. So they decide to to do a, give the audience a nice little cover of Landslide. Honestly, one of the nicest covers of Landslide I've heard. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's actually a really good scene too because it's it's cross it's split screened with Pearl taking her makeup off after being rejected by Howard. Landslide by uh, uh, Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's like. Every now and again, you get a horror movie that has a musical number in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Like The Conjuring 2 had that with like yeah. the Elvis scene. But that's what this reminded me of. Nice. Yeah, it's a really good moment. It, it tells the story, but it's also like, I mean, everybody loves Landslide. It's a great song. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, she's taking her makeup off while they're singing about how they're afraid of changing. And, you know, it's just. Uh, a good thematic moment and then once they finish the song Lorraine's like I want to be in the film <laughs> and yeah. everyone's like what <laughs> she goes I want to be in the film and Arj's like and she well, like doesn't like talk really very yeah, rarely yeah like this is like the first thing she's probably said to the entire group <laughs> like yeah. she might she may have had words with 
you know, people on an individual level, you know, up till this point. But this is maybe the first time she's like spoken out loud in the entire group. Um, and everyone's kind of like shocked. They're like, oh, and Wayne is like, oh, you do talk, church mouse. <laughs> God. And <laughs> yeah, they keep calling her church mouse. I feel like Wayne is like, he's like the, uh, you know, the, what is he? He says he's like 40 something at some point. And he's like, you've never been 42 and I've never. <laughs> yeah, you've, so like, you've never been like, 42 and I have been 23. That's what he's saying. Yeah, to that's what he's saying. Listen up, buckaroo or something. <laughs> he feels like he's like the oldest. He, I mean, he definitely is the oldest member of the group, but he like, um, I don't know, sees that as like, a, I don't know. He takes like a, like a, a mentorly attitude about it. So Lorraine says that she wants to do it. Yeah, Lorraine's like, I want to do it. Because, <laughs> and, and, RJ, and RJ's like, no. Yeah, absolutely not. And his justification is, uh, well, she goes, well, actually, she goes, before they, she says she wants to do it, she asks uh, Bobby and, and Jackson, and, well, no, she asks, I think she asks Wayne, like, why is it okay for you to sit and watch uh, your girlfriend fuck Jackson. Like, why is it okay for you to watch uh, Maxine and Jackson together? And oh, he's yeah. like, well, it's all business, you know? Um, and she, she, you know, they explained to her that when the camera's, like, as long as the camera's running, the camera changes things. And so she, after hearing that, she goes, okay, well, then I want in. Well, yeah, and, she says the camera, so the camera changes things? Yeah. And everybody's like, yes. They, and like, almost, like, she says it, but everybody agrees with her. Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, and she's like, well, I want in then. <laughs> and Arj is like, well, the story's halfway told. You can't just change the story halfway through. And she goes, but Psycho did, and you love that movie. And besides, people aren't coming to see a plot. They want to see titties and a big cock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, call, the call back to Psycho and just like, just they want to see titties and a big cock. It's such a fucking great line. <laughs> so funny. And Jackson's just like almost spits up his drink or whatever. He's just laughing over there. Yeah. No, he's ripping like a blunt or something. I mean, he's got to feel like the king of the world with like like being like being on this porn shoot and right. like having three women and like just want him. <laughs> he's got to feel king of the world. Like uh, it's so funny, and he uh, he's he's great. Uh, I want to see Kid Cudi in more things because he's got great screen presence. He is so funny. He's been in a um, bunch of he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Need for Speed and oh really? And he did that movie Enter Galactic on Netflix. Oh, he is that. he the voice of the main character? I don't know if he's the voice, but I know he like produced it because I like, and that. he did all the music for it. That's so see. cool. I'll have to watch that again. I didn't even know that was Kid Cudi. Is he credited as Kid Cudi or is it Scott? Mastetti? Yeah, he's the main guy. Yeah, Kid That's Cuddy. So he's cool. credited as Kid Cuddy. Because, yeah, for a while he was credited as Scott Muscuddy. Yeah, he's credited as Scott Muscuddy in X and uh, in his production role on Pearl as an executive producer. He's Scott Muscuddy. Uh, and that uh, that actually confused me because when I first saw X, everyone was like, oh, the movie with Kid Cuddy? And I was like, no. Because I didn't know what Kid Cuddy looked like. And oh, I, right. You know, I had never seen his face. I just, you know, I knew him from his music and whatever. And, uh, I was like, I don't think Kid Cudi's in it. And they were like, yeah, Kid Cudi's in it. And I'm like looking up the, the, the cast and I'm like, no, some guy named Scott Muscutty's in it. <laughs> and they're like, that's Kid Cudi. That's him. Scotty. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, it was well, just also really funny. Cause it made me think of like Lady Gaga in a star is born. She's credited as Lady Gaga. She's not credited as like Stephanie Germanata or whatever. Right. So, like, well, she yeah. doesn't, yeah, she never credited herself as, uh, 
her anything other than Lady Gaga. <clears throat> yeah. Her like normal name or whatever. Yeah. Her birth name. He was in um, uh, Don't Look Up. He was Oh in, he was an entourage. That's crazy. So he's <laughs> need, done quite a bit. Need for speed. That's he awesome. was in he was in the show Westworld, which oh, I had shoot. some friends who were really into that. I watched the first season. Um he's in a movie called Maniac. With e- Elijah Wood? Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it's a short. It was a short. Nice. But yeah, so he... So, so, anyways, yeah. so Lorraine is like, I want to do it. And they decide that after some arguing, they decide that they're going to let her be in a scene. And... Well, RJ is just a douchebag. He's like, yeah, RJ's no, upset about you're it. not going to do it. Uh, no, I mean, I, no, like, I he's like just feel, not... I kind of feel for him a little bit because if you're in a relationship with someone, for them to like bring up that in a group setting instead of in private would be a little humiliating. So yeah, like Lorraine probably she's very young. I don't like necessarily blame her for it. She's super naive and probably doesn't understand the scope of the whole thing. And this, I would imagine, is probably like her first adult relationship. Well, um, Wayne brings RJ outside. Oh he's yeah, like, and as he's like, executive producer, I got some say in this. Let's just take a step outside. But he's really just like taking RJ outside to be like, "You got to let her do it." You got to let her do it, man. <laughs> right, and like, <laughs> I, I kind of disagree with that too. Like, I feel like he should have brought them both outside, and like let them talk it out, you know, and like because Wayne cause, wanted her in the movie. Yeah, because you know more more boobs, more more dollars, more boobs, more bucks. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the decision that's made is that she's definitely going to do the movie, and so she does her. Is it right after that that they film her scene? I think it is. It's like right after that that um, they go into the bedroom and film her scene with Jackson, yeah, and he's uh, crying. Late, yeah, he's like he does he does the filming and he does it. He's and got then, the camera and like tears are flowing. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> and then later, <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> Um, and then later, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because it's so sad, but it's so funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. The movie is hilarious. It's really funny. <laughs> it's funny. In the shower? Yeah, it's really funny. It's um, such a... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's... so they filmed the sex scene with Lorraine and Jackson. And RJ is uh, later, while everybody's asleep, RJ goes and he's like in the shower and he like crouches down sobbing in the shower um <laughs> it's really dramatic too <laughs> it's so dramatic it's a little sad but it's also just very funny um and is uh, there like he, i feel like there's some sad music yeah there is there, either it's sad music or just silence <laughs> while you hear him like whimpering in the shower water <laughs> falling down <laughs> And uh, so he like is like fuck this. I'm gonna leave. I'm so mad at you. You know, screw everybody. You know, have fun finishing your little picture without me. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he fucking takes the van. And he yeah, he grabs the van keys and he starts to leave. That's and, a dick uh, move. I don't. That's a dick move. I don't. Care. It is an absolute dick move. One hundred percent. Like I feel for him up until he starts doing that. Like, like talk to your girlfriend. You know, talk it out. Like th- this could be salvaged. I think right. at this point. Um, you know, <laughs> anyway, so he, he hops in the van and he starts oh, wait, driving wait, away. But, like, but during the part where he's talking to Wayne, he says mm-hmm. some fucked up shit. What does he say? <clears throat> Cause Wayne's like, you got to let her do it. And he's like, well, you don't understand. She's a good girl. 
Oh yeah, he like says that implying that Maxine isn't a good like. And Wayne's yeah, like, "I beg yeah. your pardon," because Maxine's his fiance, his, his, his fiance, right? They're, <clears throat> I mean, they're they're in a relationship. I don't know exactly the label, but like, uh, yeah, and like I agree with Wayne Wayne's reaction when 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 he's upset about that because that's a really dickish thing to say. Like, she's yeah. a good girl. Like, I get what he like was meaning by it, but like, I, I don't. It's fucking bullshit. Like, I don't. I well, I should say I don't sympathize with his meaning of it, but I understand. I, yeah, like, I understand what, what he means, but yes. it's like, but it's not like cool. No, or it's not fair to um, say that. It's not because like Maxine is a perfectly fine person. Just because she's doing porn doesn't make her not a good person. <laughs> so like, I get that he like thinks that she's innocent, and he probably has some idea that he's like protecting that innocence or something. But I think that's what he thinks he's doing when in reality, what he's doing is being a bit of a dick and like trying to keep his woman pure because of his own insecurities and not necessarily what he believes morally. Yeah. And I mean, my, my opinion is that like he brought her along on this. Yeah. So (laughs) what do you expect? Right. And like, this really should have been a conversation they had beforehand, like right or in front of it. Like it's kind of implied that she didn't even realize that this was a, a porno, right? Until they're like in in the like because like in the yeah because like in the van, suddenly like Jenna Ortega's character is like, so this is a smut film, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like something this is like smut. that. This he is goes, smut. I didn't realize you were such a prude. <laughs> yeah, that's really fucking funny that he says that yeah. earlier. And then she, she does that right back at him, doesn't she? Like, when she goes, I want to do it, and he's like, no, she kind of does it back at him. She goes, I didn't realize you were such a prude. Yeah. Um, there's well, a lot of, like, really... tension in that relationship. <laughs> there's a lot of really good, like, callbacks in this movie. Yeah. It's really smartly written. Um, yeah. And then... So RJ so takes he, the car, and he's, like, about to go away. Yeah, and, and he's playing there. "Don't Fear the Reaper" on the on the radio, <laughs> and he has to slam on the brakes because Pearl is standing in the driveway in front of him, and he like initially tries to take like the uh, like oh this is an old lady who's confused. Well, you uh, think it's? A, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like ah. I mean, yeah, I would, you, but like I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. You wouldn't expect that you were about to, be to get out of my car and <laughs> yeah, go so talk to her. her. It's an old lady like, in the road. <laughs> Uh, can I help you? Are you confused? Like, let, let's get you inside. And she like makes a move on him sexually. She like pulls him in to a kiss yeah. and like tries to kiss his face yeah, and the, he like shudders. He's like, like, I got something to show you or something like you got, you got no idea what I'm capable of yeah. or like something. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't want to see it. And she's Which like, awesome, that line is called back to in, in Pearl. That line is called back to like, there's oh, a lot yeah. of callbacks in Pearl to, to lines in this movie too, which well, I think are great. And then the really interesting thing about Pearl is that like he wrote it during the COVID period, yeah. during the COVID quarantine period for right before before they X. were shooting this, yeah. Well, so great. He wrote it with Mia Goth. Mia yeah, Goth wrote that. it also. Um, Ty West and Mia Goth wrote it. But then, like, and then they brought it to A24, and then they were like, yeah, okay, do it. Yeah, they were like, dope, greenlit, $5 million, keep the sets up, just paint them to look new. <laughs> like, before X even started filming. And then they yeah. shot a Pearl during X. Like, wow. I know, it's so X. brilliant. That's I think it's one of the most crazy. incredible. I would have loved it if they managed to make Maxine come out within the same year 
uh, as the other two. Like, I get that that just wasn't possible. Right. Because, <laughs> but I would, I would have loved that. Because obviously Maxine was a thought. Like, the movie was a thought. Because X ends setting it up. So, like... Right. But Pearl came about naturally after maybe X and Maxine had been outlined and written. You know, Pearl, Pearl was written after the fact because they were... You know, getting ready for production on X when Pearl was being written, which I think is just so smart. I think that's so great. I think it's yeah. brilliant. I, I love that. Yeah. It was just, this is a really interesting uh, move. Yeah. In filmmaking, honestly. This, yeah. uh, these two films. So, so uh, it turns out that uh, Pearl, that RJ gets got. Yeah. Because RJ uh, rejects Pearl's advances reasonably very reasonably rejects her creepy advances and she it, you know that pushes her too far she's like i can't take this anymore and stabs him in the throat like 16 times and the uh, blood goes up on the headlights and makes everything red <laughs> makes the lights red that is just cool yeah. that's just it's so, so cool. cool it's absolutely like not real <laughs> right it's so cool it's so right. cool that's not what blood does to a, a yeah. headlight but <laughs> but it's so cool in the movie <laughs> um, it's very movie it's very movie logic style. but this is another moment where they utilize that theme of of like old and new clashing because we got don't fear the reaper playing on the radio and then it fades out into a a modern cover that was made for this movie, so it is a newer song technically, but it's a cover mm. of a song from 1918 called Wee Wee Marie mm. that she starts dancing to before it fades back into Don't Fear the Reaper. So it's like another of that old and new kind of clashing together. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. and she dances, and that's like such a weird scene. <laughs> She's yeah, like she likes dancing and, and then dances. <laughs> it's so crazy because when that's I first wrong. saw this movie, you know, Pearl hadn't come out yet. You know, I saw this movie when it came out in theaters. And, like, so you don't have the backstory of Pearls. You just see this old lady stab someone and start dancing. And, like, I was just like, wow, this is a weird movie. I like it. Right. <laughs> it is just so strange. But, like, that's um, the kind of shit that just speaks to us movie lovers. It's just those yeah. fucking weird, visceral, like, weird, visceral, like, emotive moments that just, like, burn into your brain like that. Yeah. So strange. And, and she, X really, you know, X really captures that well. Yeah, there's a lot of that, like, weird, funny, just surreal stuff in this movie. And uh, she turns the car off um, and goes back inside, I guess. Or, or does she go back inside? No, she doesn't. She goes to the, the house that they're all staying in because she's like, now oh, I'm going to get everybody. Um, this is kind of what kicks off the third act, isn't it? Yeah, because now we're kind of getting into spooky time. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, spooky time kills. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> she. Uh, so like, Lorraine, <clears throat> no, wakes up noticing that RJ's missing, right? Yeah. So this is the part that I'm forgetting what's happening next because yeah, it's Lorraine going into. She goes uh, to Wayne and w ask Wayne for help searching for. Yeah. RJ and they split up. They go different directions. Yeah, Lorraine notices um, RJ's gone. Lorraine feels bad. Lorraine actually is like very sweet and is like, I feel bad. Yeah, she, I made him sad. Like she's actually yeah, she feeling says, very she sad. She says, I don't want to break up if I hurt him, you know, I want to <laughs> right. fix this. She like, she's uh, concerned that she hurt RJ. She's very concerned. 
Yeah, and this is why I think they should have had this discussion between themselves in private and not in yeah. front of the whole group. Because I think a decision could have been made that would have worked for both of them. However, this yeah. is not relationship time. This is movie time. So yeah. I'll stop giving relationship advice. But um... <laughs> I, I'll just say, like, yeah, as somebody who's been in a relationship for like uh, 10 years, uh, communication really is key. And it's worked for that long because we are just, we communicate. Really, yeah, if truly. if Gunch is ever going to do a porn, he's not going to ask his partner in front of everybody if he can do it. He's going to take the partner in private and ask, right? Yeah, and I'm not going to also make her, like, boom mic for it. Yeah, boom mic for my porn scene, honey. <laughs> oh, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to oh, tell God. you it's a film. Yeah, just I just want you mistakes. to hold the boom mic. And, and, you know, you might get squirted on. Oh, God. And she actually does get, like, bodily fluid thrown at her yeah. because Bobby throws the towel at her after they're done with the first Oh, one. yeah. She throws yeah. it right and on the wire like, as oh, she's rapping. sorry. It's so gross. That's the one moment where I'm like, Bobby, not cool. Because I like Bobby throughout the rest of the movie, but that's that's the one part where I'm like, Bobby, no. <laughs> that's gross. Yeah, that was a little petty. That's just mean. <laughs> but but anyways, Wayne's like, ah, uh, you know, he just he has to go do some, you know, he has to go process some things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and Lorraine's like, please, please, I need you to uh, find him. And Wayne's like, fuck, fine. <laughs> yeah. So he goes. he goes out barefoot and in his underwear. He doesn't even bother like getting dressed before going out. He's just wandering this you know farmyard. In his like, tidy whities Just in tidy whities Nothing else. Not even yeah. shoes. Not even flip-flops. <laughs> and Lorraine, I think, goes into the house. Um, or, or... She goes up to the house and, like, Howard... Oh, yeah. Howard out. invites her in. Yeah. So strange. And, um... Well, Howard doesn't know... Where Pearl is. No, because Howard... Doesn't Howard come down to the, um... To the boarding house and says, like, oh, like, my wife's gone. Yeah, that's after, I think that's after he locks Lorraine in the basement. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. Because that's I when think, he comes to see, like, Kid Cuddy. Yeah. So he, he, like, sees her, he sees Lorraine out, <clears throat> like, by the, just off the veranda of the house. And, uh, and Lorraine's like, sorry, I didn't mean to disturb you. I'm just yeah. looking for my boyfriend. And he invites her in. And I can't. Oh, yeah, he asked her to get a flashlight from the basement. That's what he says. He's like, I only got one, and I can't climb the stairs. So can you go well, get he the... says his wife is gone, too. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, I'll help you find your guy. You help me find my wife. But, you yeah, know, my I, only wife have is, I don't know where my wife is. Yeah, yeah. there's a lantern can... down in the basement. Can you go get it? <laughs> and so she goes down and gets it, and then when she comes <laughs> back it, up. It's all scary. It, like, plays yeah. out totally fucking scary because, of course, it's yeah. this dark-ass house. This, like, dark-ass, nasty basement. <laughs> Yeah. And then she just, she goes down and gets it. And it's like, yeah, real like it's just real, like normal, like, okay, yeah, I she, got it. <laughs> yeah. Does she notice the door is locked first or the body first? The door is does locked. She find, yeah. So she goes up and tries the door and it's locked and she's like, what the fuck? And then she walks back down and sees and notices that there's like a body hanging with its like pants down on its like a, a man, yeah. a man's body. With his pants. So, like, Pearl is doing some weird shit. That was gruesome. They had, like, a sex slave yeah. corpse. Like, and I actually think his face is on the milk carton. Yeah. Uh, later, oh, yeah. that Kid Cuddy's drinking out of. Um, Kid Cuddy drinks out of the milk carton. And, um, and and there's a face on it. And I think that's the guy in the basement. <laughs> yeah. So. 
It can only so be presumed that's the same guy. Yeah, that's the man who's missing in so the missing for a while. Pearl and Howard. <laughs> uh, he didn't seem alive uh, when Lorraine found him. I think he's, he, he probably was dead he by then, right? He seemed very dead. <laughs> yeah, but newly dead because he wasn't blue. I mean, of course, I'm just... He looked newly dead, like recently dead, like he's a day hanging, bloody, like yeah, yeah. And that's where she gives her iconic scream, which became the poster image. Yeah, um, Jenna Ortega does amazing, an amazing yeah, scream in that moment. A really excellent horror scream. Uh, and supposedly the, she was hungover when she did that. Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh my goodness, I hope she was able to do it in just a few takes because I would hate to be screaming hungover. <laughs> God. Oh, that sounds terrible. She did really good though. I mean, it was really, yeah. really turned out amazing. Yeah. But this is, at the same time, Howard is walking around the farmhouse, and he steps on a nail. Not Howard, and, uh, Wayne. Oh, yeah, sorry. Wayne is yeah, walking Wayne, around the farmhouse. Fucking, yeah, he's in the, far, he's in the barn. Calling, calling for RJ, and, like, RJ doesn't answer. And then he's yeah. just like, well, you know, that's the thing about women. And he just starts talking, <laughs> like, as if RJ's there. <laughs> Oh my god! And then he fucking steps on the nail. (laughs) Oh, it's so gruesome too. That's like it's so it's crazy because the way it's shot too. You see the nail and you see him walking up to it, and you think they're gonna like cut to like a side shot of him coming on the nail, almost to like break the tension a little bit. But they don't. They just show him like walk straight up to it. Yeah, like something about that. The way it's shot just makes it way more like visceral and awful to see. Because I'm like, ooh, that nail went right into the foot. God damn. It's like suspenseful. It's like suspenseful music. Yeah. But then, like a couple seconds before he actually steps on it, the music just goes away. So it's like, yeah. oh, like he's not going to step. Oh my god, he stepped yeah, on it, and then it. he does, and it's <laughs> like, so bad. It like <laughs> shocks me every time. Like it's so well done. But yeah, and so he's like <laughs> on the ground, writhing in pain as he pulls this plank with a nail out of his foot. Oh my god! And then he like notices that somebody's on the other side of the barn door, right? And yeah. so he walks up to see who it is, and he peers He's looking out through there. the fucking, like, peepholes. Yeah, it's like a, a psycho shot of, you know, like, Anthony Perkins watching uh, Marion in the shower. Uh, it's, like, the same shot of him looking out um, the peepholes there. And uh, there's just, like, a, a moment where you see him kind of, like, gasp in fear. And then, you know, the prongs of a pitchfork come through the holes and stab him right in the face, which is a callback to earlier because he was talking to RJ and he goes, I don't know what you're doing, but keep on doing it. Cause when the audience sees this, their eyes are going to pop right out of their skull. Yeah. And when, yeah. And when she pulls the pitchfork <laughs> right. out of his head, his eyes pop right out of his skull. So literally, wow. God, <laughs> yes. that's another so great callback. That's another just, just genius writing. God, yeah. I didn't even it's think so about bad. that. It, it's brilliant. I mean, it's really brilliant. But that's a really and, quick death. Yeah. I like, I mean, RJ's was very long and with, like, drawn out. But I think the rest of them are pretty quick. Yeah. Wayne's is just like, whoosh. Like, we don't even yeah. see Pearl sticking the... Like, we don't even see Pearl sticking the uh, pitchfork through or anything. It's yeah, just you the, just see the prongs come through. It's just his through. eyes, and then the prongs go into his eyes. And then yeah. that's it. And then you... I don't, I don't know if you see them being pulled out, but later you see a shot of him, like, on the ground, and his eyes are out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Popping out of his head, as he oh, said. Oh, so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, this is when Howard then Their goes back to the guest house. Um, so, uh, at this point... 
Kid Cudi, Jackson wakes up and uh, and he's fully naked and he's just walking around the house fully naked, <laughs> drinking some milk. Swinging schlong. <laughs> Slanging dick. Um, <laughs> Slanging it. Howard <laughs> opens the door. <laughs> and uh, he sees he sees a flashlight coming through the window and it's Howard coming down from the house. And so he opens the door and he's like, yo, what's up? He, he's, just, he's not even like peering through the door. He just opens the door fully naked, full frontal nudity. Um, and Howard's like, my wife is lost. She gets confused sometimes. He's and... got his fucking shotgun. <laughs> Yeah, and Howard's like, that's a lot of firepower for a missing wife. And uh, he goes, it's mostly for the gators. And um, Found him by the pond one time. <laughs> and Jackson's like, you need some help, Pops? And he's like, let me go get my skivvies on. He's smarter than Wayne. He actually puts some shoes and some clothes on before going out yeah. into the fucking farm. Like, farm grounds where, but you know, all he's, sorts of And he's still all military, be. too. He's like, not for self, but for country. And he, like, holds yeah. up his dog tags. Right, Pops? <laughs> Yeah, right, Pops. Once a Marine, always a Marine. And uh, <laughs> so they start looking for for Pearl, presumably. But uh, as they get closer to the pond, um, how does the scene play out? So th- they, they go talking. and they're like, we should cover more. Or, you know, he's like, we should cover more ground. And Howard's like, I ain't got but the one light. Right. That's right. And Kiko is uh, like, I was face down in a fucking rice paddy. Like, just, like, just, just like, some Vietnam stuff. Yeah, just Viet, total like Nam fry case. <laughs> it's been a while since you've been enlisted, old timer, but I was face down in a fucking rice paddy for three days and three nights. Like, some right. hardcore shit. You're going to be, It's. I'll be fine. <laughs> you take that light, I'll go this way, we'll cover more ground. Once a Marine, right. always a Marine. <laughs> And then Howard gets like, <laughs> what is it about? What 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 sets Howard off in this moment? Because he says something, and then Howard kind of changes. Well, he like, shifts. well, like then they go, and then like he's walking around and stuff, and then like, doesn't Kid Cudi see the light in the? Oh, that's right. The light is just hanging, and he thinks that Howard has gone under. So and he's he jumps like, "Oh into the water shit!" Like, find him. pops, what are you doing way out there? And then, like, he realizes yeah. it's in the lake. Yeah, it's, it's like, like in the marsh. I don't so know. I don't know what happened there. Like, how is the light over the lake? Yeah, the that doesn't lake. make a ton of sense, but it's a cool scene nonetheless. <laughs> but and, um, and then he comes back, and Howard gives him a little scare. Yeah, and Howard's holding the gun up to him, and he goes, "Once a marine, <laughs> always a marine," and then pulls the trigger, and it's just like. Right in well, the chest. <laughs> well, he says some shit. He says, like, yeah, the last bohemian who came here was just That's like right. you, traipsing around, barely any clothes, enticing right. my wife. Enticing the wife. That must be the guy in the basement. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and he goes, once a Marine, always a Marine. Shoots him right in the chest. And that's the end of... That's the end of uh, of Jackson, who poor, I think is obviously the funniest. And poor Scotty, best. he was the best. Yeah, <laughs> he was truly the best. He he really was the best in the movie. Kid Cudi was so funny. Um, fantastic, fantastic role. Um, so that's the end of that. <laughs> He's gone. Um, <laughs> and then and, Pearl uh, uh, Pearl sneaks into the boarding house. Yeah, and wakes. Uh, it starts, well, uh, she doesn't try to wake me. She doesn't even wake me at first. She just lays with her. Yeah, she lays next to Maxine. Or Maxine, like, yeah. Caressing Maxine's body. Ugh. And she's all and, full uh, of blood and shit. So yeah, she's, she's getting blood, blood all over Maxine's body. <laughs> 
and uh, eventually, it's like a pretty long moment, or at least it feels long because it's so uncomfortable. But like Maxine eventually wakes up and like screams, I love like that. bloody murder. I love that she just wakes up and it's just like, ah! like she just yeah, screams immediately. I mean, I would, Jesus. I would too. Like, <laughs> like goodness gracious! But yeah, and and Pearl like gets up and leaves yeah, and, like, like super quick. She's screaming bloody murder, and Pearl's just like. <laughs> like yeah, Pearl's just like, Bye. like <laughs> she kind of just shuffles, shuffles off. It's away. really actually kind of funny. Um, and she like bumps into Bobby Lynn. Bobby Lynn hears Maxine screaming and runs to see what's up. And oh and, yeah, Pearl uh, Maxine, bumps like, into her. Past. Yeah, and it's really God. funny because it's just like, oops, sneaking by. <laughs> it's it's just kind of funny. And Bobby, Bobby Lynn goes like, in to comfort Maxine, and Maxine's like, that woman was in here touching me. Um, yeah, really creepy. <laughs> oh, um, God. And and so Bobby Lynn, I guess. You know, comforts Maxine and then goes f- to see what the heck is going on with uh, with Pearl because Pearl's just you know an old woman wandering around and Bobby Lynn has like a well, thinking you know Bobby Lynn has, has like a nursing background we find yeah out. she has a little bit of nursing like she I guess she went to school to be a nurse originally um, well and she's so like she comes, oh like she's just confused like she right. doesn't know you know and Bobby Lynn's like actually kind of just like being really sweet about it. Yeah, so she goes up and she tries to. She, she finds she meets Pearl, Pearl on, the at the, on the pier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and she's dock. like, "Hey, are you confused? Let me help you get back to your house. You know, it's okay. You know, I understand. You know, my my. She says her grandma or her aunt or somebody. You know, had dementia. So she's like, I know that sometimes you can get confused. And she wraps so she the put, blanket around Pearl, who's naked. Yeah, she wraps the blanket naked. around Pearl, and tries to <laughs> guide her back to the house. But Pearl's like, I don't want a nurse. And, like, does she smack her? She smacks her or something. And She, says, she and, calls her a whore or something. Oh, yeah, you whore. And she's like, okay, well, then, if you don't, you know, she's like, oh, okay. And so she's like, I'll just, you know, you know, you don't have to be such a... And then Pearl pushes her into the water and goes, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> and the gator comes out and bites uh, Bobby Lynn's head off pretty much. Do we get just that? Drags her under. We get another overhead shot of the pond with the gator yeah. coming towards the pier right i'm not sure because it's like the nighttime scene right <laughs> yeah maybe we don't but, but it's a really cool moment where uh she just gets like totally taken apart by the gator just like in an instant like that scene's over in like two seconds yeah <laughs> and then she's sitting there she t- she macked the blanket or she mopped the yeah. blanket from britney snow's character from bobby yeah. lynn bitch bitch <laughs> <laughs> and i think the gator has a name i w- it's theta right theta, theta, is theta. The gator? yeah based theta. off of the the actor so wonderful um, um whose name <laughs> whose full name i don't know but it's like the actor from uh the movie that she went to go see in pearl oh like. that's cool that's another callback then but i have to i have to relook into who that actually actor is but anyways yeah that's really cool there's so but many yeah. of those little moments in this this script just feels so tight, self-contained. Right. I think the reason that they were written so closely together helps that out so much. Because if this if they had like come back to this series like in a decade to write a prequel, it yeah. would have been like, oh, we need to figure out why Lorraine is so innocent. So let's explore Lorraine's like child. And so like nobody actually cares about that. <laughs> right. Nobody cares. Like the fact that it was written right. so closely made it so that they were able to make real connections that actually like add to the story rather than like try to fit a story in somewhere where nobody needed one. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that they leave the non-important bits out. 
same because i don't care why lorraine's innocent yeah yeah Yeah, we don't Um, need to know anybody's backstory except for pearls and yeah whatever we get and this is uh this is when back in the house lorraine is uh trying to get out of the basement and she manages to break through the door the the panel on the door and she's reaching to unlock it when howard like <laughs> smacks her hand with the butt of his gun yeah, just, which that shit is like that shit'll fucking break your yeah hand. i mean her, like, her fingers were really messed up when right? he did that like they they like fully like gave her like prosthetic broken finger like it's super nasty but um and he's like stop screaming and get down to the basement while like smacking your hand with the gun <laughs> insane um god and god. yeah and then uh and then i guess pearl at this point shows back up at the house right cuz that's that's when they go up to the they they show up at the guest house well there yeah cuz cuz then they have sex pearl's in the yeah then they they meet at the guest house so in what wherever they're going in this crazy night, they they cross paths back at the guest house, and Pearl once again is like, "Please, Howard, please, let's have sex. Like, come on." Um, and they and do it. I don't know why in that moment Howard was so rizzed up. <laughs> like, what? Just because he just shot somebody? He's like, "Yeah, yeah. no, I'm horny." <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, so they finally, so he finally relents, and they decide to have sex. And literally, Maxine is hiding under the bed while they have sex. And this was the moment in the theater when I lost it and was just laughing my butt off. So messed like, up. It's He's so a, funny. It's fucking like pale white ass. Like in- <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Just like when, like, and they 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 don't shy away from like showing like Pearl's legs like wrapping around this old ass man from like an overhead shot. Right. Like these are. They, they really don't shy away. And, like, Maxine is disturbed as all hell. She's like, A, these people are trying to kill me. B, they're old people. And they're fucking on top of my, like, where I'm hiding. And, like, she starts, like, army crawling out of the room. It's this, this fucking amazing. So it's, it's like an amazing overhead shot of them yeah. fucking and her, like, crawling out from under the bed. It is so funny. It is, it is my favorite shot in the whole movie. I laugh so hard in the theater at that part when they're just fucking on the bed and she's like, like scuttling out the room. That's really, really good. <laughs> it is so fantastic. It's so funny. And, and it's um, such a graphic, like old people sex scene. Like yeah, you've never seen this in like a movie before, like this. Like, it's wild. And they're both, of um, course, they're done up so gross, but like they're yeah. just oh god. <laughs> and this is when uh Maxine does the like final girl victory lap where she you know runs around and sees all the dead bodies, right? Because she runs yep. out. Sees RJ on the ground, um, gets his keys, is about to leave, but I think does she hear does she hear Lorraine screaming in the house or something? She goes back into the house to help Lorraine. Yeah, Lorraine is like hitting the like the other door, the cellar door at the Oh yeah. Trying to get out. Yeah. That's right. That's probably what it is. Yeah. And so she the outside she runs cellar through, door. Yeah. So yeah. she <clears throat> manages to get Lorraine out. Uh, she unlocks Lorraine and she's like, Lorraine, we got to stick together. You know, stop screaming. Be quiet. We got to stick together to get out of here alive. And Lorraine is like, fuck you. Fuck all of this. I hate you. You guys are nasty. Ah!" And she runs out the front door and like, doesn't get two steps out of the front door before shot in the face with a shotgun. Howard, you know, Howard had made it back to the house and uh, Maxine, you know, sees all this and manages to duck out and hide for a second as they drag um, as they drag Lorraine's body back in. <laughs> this is that brilliant line that I didn't catch. 
uh, where he goes, wow, she's heavier than she looks. <laughs> and she gurgles. <laughs> and that little gurgle, she's like, she's fully dead, but she gives a little bit of a gurgle like when they set her down. It's like, you know, yeah. like some weird <laughs> dead like, person Burr. noise. He's yeah. like, it just dies. <laughs> and Howard has a heart attack in that moment and dies. <laughs> it's so crazy. And... <laughs> God damn. And Pearl is like, oh my God, my husband. Oh my God. And like Maxine comes out with the uh, with the gun that she grabbed from the glove compartment of the car when she grabbed the keys off of RJ. And she's holding it up. And she's like, I don't give a fuck about your husband. <laughs> and she's like, um, about to like shoot her. She like pulls the trigger. And that's what when uh, when when uh, Pearl realizes that the the gun is unloaded because it just clicks. Yeah. And so Pearl loaded. then Oh, and also we get just, the don't we get the shot of the TV while this is happening while they're having Oh yeah, little, the TV uh, is like on. Pearl and, and Maxine and, having their face off and we get that televangelist again. And he's all like, "Yeah, everyone's a sinner. God blah blah blah." They're sin, hiding in our own blah, houses, blah. our own Christian <laughs> houses is where the our, devil hides. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and uh and and Pearl grabs the shotgun after she realizes that the the revolver that Maxine has isn't loaded, and shoots off a shot. But Maxine or Maxine just barely dodges it, um, uh, and and manages to run past Pearl out the front door. Uh, I think she pushes. Oh no! The recoil shoots, of the shotgun she shoots, shoots at her and she flies door. away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot that it's the recoil of the gun. Oh my god! So she just falls on her hip and like and she as breaks every her old hip. lady in her movie like breaks her hip. Like <laughs> so sad. Well, and throughout the whole movie, like Howard's like she's gonna break her hip. Like yeah. and he's like and then she's like my heart can't take it and she's gonna break her hip and like of course that's what fucking happens to both of them in the end. So brilliant. Oh Howard my God, gets a heart so attack funny. and she breaks her hip from just flying from the recoil. It's, just, it's so clever. Uh, she fucking so flies. Yeah, it's hilarious. Flies. It's so funny. I think that was the second biggest laugh. The first biggest laugh when I saw this in theaters was her crawling out of the bed while they're fucking. The second biggest laugh was easily when Pearl gets like flown back by the shotgun blast. Like oh 10 my God. feet. Like, yeah. So, so funny. fucking good. <laughs> and through so Maxine runs out. Yeah. <laughs> like through the door, off the porch, like, like the onto ground. the driveway. Like like a good big like big throw. Like she got thrown far by that and shot. She's, and she's like, help, help me. My hip. My hip's broken. Help. <laughs> and Maxine is like, fuck you. Reverses the truck right over her head. Like, oh my flat. god. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, fuck you. Oh, my God. That's a great fuck you moment because she just she just fucking runs her over. Yeah, it's so the climax of this film is so satisfying. (laughs) And then she fucking drives off into the sunset. How very positively giallo of her. Yeah. How very like (laughs) final shot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Yeah. She finally Um, just she rides off and escapes. Everybody else is dead. And then uh, as it's as as she's driving away, it goes back to the scene that opened the movie, which is the cops investigating the the whole ordeal, and the televangelist is still playing on the TV, and it's revealed that that televangelist is actually Maxine's father. Boom! That she is an escaped she's recovering a, she cultist escaped from a cult. Yep. 
Yeah. And uh, so she's driving off to something better that hopefully we get to see what that is in the in the third one in Maxine, which I'm so stoked for. Maxine, um, the third movie is going to cover uh, Maxine's journey into the 80s. So into X Hollywood, was, right? X was 70s. Yeah, I think so. Right. Her rise to stardom. I yeah. Think. So, yeah, X was 70s, and then uh, Pearl was, like, the 60s, and then Maxine well, is going to be the, the 80s. Uh, Pearl was, like, the... Like well, the yeah, well, but, like, that's true. It was, like, yeah. 1918, but it was shot, like, a... It's all Technicolor. <clears throat> it's shot, like, a 50s, 60s yeah, type Yeah, the Technicolor is yeah. very heightened. The right. But Pearl. yeah, you're right. The timing is like 18, 19, Yeah, nineteen eighteen, I think. And but then, then um, like, but then Maxine's gonna be the eighties. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's so much fun. Hopefully, in that style, that'll be cool. I hope we get all sorts of crazy Brian De Palma, Coke fueled, inspired. <laughs> I'm just so excited for Maxine. I can't even wait. I'm like, that is my most anticipated film right now is Maxine easily. If if um, the director could actually like, if somebody could make an eighties nostalgia movie that actually felt like an 80s movie and not like just like stranger things Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be everything yeah because no matter how much it tries to call back to the 80s it always just feels like a modern movie that's set in the 80s if they could actually make a movie that feels like it's from the 80s that would be everything I i love the style of film from the 80s but you just don't see it anymore right and uh, so the police discover RJ's camera, which he must have really been messed up if he's about to leave them all without packing his camera. Like, he was not thinking. <laughs> right. um, so they discover his camera, and they're like, what do you think could be in this? And the police chief is like, all I can imagine is it's one fucked up horror picture. Yeah. <laughs> and then the movie ends. Final line. <laughs> it's like a hard cut. Yeah. Well, what, one other great line is like, he's like, what do you think happened here, Sheriff? Well, how the hell should I know? <laughs> it's very so like good. and it's I'm very like a burn after reading and then yeah, yeah. And then that fucking iconic line one fucked, fucked up, up horror, horror picture <laughs> one goddamn fucked up horror picture it's so good burn. oh my god it's so good <laughs> and, and, the and i just adore this film i i think i liked it even more this time watching through because uh, i caught more of the things that I, you know just the brilliant little details that ty west put in yeah. um it's just, it's, I think it's his, I don't know if it's his best written because I mean, if he's, I don't know. My thought process on Ty West is I liked House of the Devil up until the end and then the end ruined it for me. Um, I didn't like Innkeepers at all and turned it off halfway through. <laughs> I haven't seen The Sacrament. I don't know what other films he's made. And I, haven't then seen, I haven't seen any of his other movies, just, uh, just yeah. X and Pearl. A and lot I of heard people really that, love House of the Devil. That's a very popular one. And maybe I should give it another try. But um, I heard I that like Innkeepers and Sacrament are pretty bad. Yeah, yeah I've heard I that. I've Keepers. heard from that House of the Devil is pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. But um, and I really, I really know. did like it up until the end. So, and and of course, when I was watching it, this was like maybe ten or so years ago. So I could definitely, you know, my tastes have changed and evolved a little bit since then. So I should probably give it another shot. But I just think his performers are better in this one because the reason why I turned off Endkeepers is because the acting was really bothering me. <laughs> like, um, mm. like uh, I can't remember the Sarah Paxton, I think is the actress in that movie. I should, let me look it up real quick. Sarah, I believe it's Sarah Paxton. Um, and she's, uh, she's not like a well-known actress. I don't think um, she probably, <laughs> 
Yeah, it is Sarah Paxton. Um, but yeah, I just really didn't like her performance in the movie, and so I like turned it off like pretty early on. Oh, she's but, like, the aquamarine chick. Oh yeah, she's aquamarine. She's also the one who took over the role for Marnie in Halloween Town when they replaced oh, Marnie. Okay, return from yeah, return to Halloween Town. Yeah, was that the fourth watched, one? I never watched those movies. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't grow up on Halloween Town like a lot of other people my age, but um. Yeah, uh, I just, I, this movie had the best performances. Um, it had oh. the best script out of everything I've watched by him before. Um, I think it was filmed and edited the best. And I'm wondering if that's the A24, like, of it all. Like, if they just gave him the freedom to, uh, or or maybe they, you know, like, if maybe he just didn't have the freedom to be as creative as, as he wanted to be with his other films. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know because I that, haven't researched. But. Well, he did, like, his films, and then he went into TV directing for a while. Mm. And then, like, he finally was like, well, I've been wanting to make a movie. And then he said that he just took it to A24, A24 and then they said, okay. And wow. And said it was really just that simple. And then I mean, A24, I can't imagine. like, <clears throat> they like to take risks, so he yeah. said that it was really simple to get greenlit from them having, a, reservoir, or having a resume, uh, a filmography of films. So, I yeah. love that. I love that he was able to approach A twenty four, and they just were like, "Yeah, do it." <laughs> That's I, I so hope, wonderful. Like, I hope that A twenty four, like when they start getting into their IP, yeah, their commercial stuff, because now they're trying to get into like IPs and like franchises and stuff like that. I just hope yeah. that they still take those risks with smaller directors when they have all that money. Right. I mean, like they've kind of become like the face of elevated horror. I know they didn't start it. I know they, they didn't, you know, they weren't even, I don't think they existed when it follows came out. Cause I feel like their first movie was spring breakers. Wasn't it? And that came out. Was that before or after it follows? Spring I think breakers was... is 2012. It follows. I think it was 2014. Right. Really? But yeah. So, so they were right around the same, they were coming up around the same time that like the elevated horror idea term, whatever you want to call it was kind of being formed yeah. uh yeah oh that was it follows yeah 2014 so like so a24 was around but yeah spring breakers wasn't that their first one i think that was their first one and like the funny thing is is that was kind of a big movie like i, I don't think it made a ton of money i don't think it made a big hit or, or anything like that but it was like everybody knew what it was it kind of became a meme <laughs> you know when it came out i um, like uh i liked spring breakers I need to watch it again because I don't remember. I watched it like pretty close to when it first came out, and and I also think we watched it on like a pirate stream that kept buffering every twenty seconds. So every twenty seconds, it like buffered for five oh, seconds yeah. and then kept going. Um, and so when I watched it, it was like watching it five seconds at a time. The next <laughs> so excuse I really need to watch it again. The next excuse I have to to have us cover it on this pod, we will. But yes, yeah. I mean I got the Blu-ray now, so I can watch it at any time. Um, I, yeah. I would love to rewatch it soon. Um, That'd be a blast. But this is uh, this is X. What yeah. a what it a film! I, yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't really understand it at first. I didn't think it was anything special. But then I rewatched it, and you know what? It is. It is something special. It is like a really lovely, lovely film. That's primary objective is just to appreciate film itself, and I love that right. about it. What is this movie worth losing sleep over? Oh yes. 
<laughs> I don't think you will. It's not that scary, but no, but you're probably going to be thinking about it if you're, especially yeah. if you're like a film buff and yeah. you think a lot about like technical aspects of film and like how they shot, how they shoot things. You think about like the camera and the crew behind the scenes and like all yeah. the little connections that were happening in this movie and like the connections that happened between this movie and like Pearl. Like how the yes. intimacy coordinator of this movie ended up playing the mom in Pearl. Yes, that's so strange. I love that. That is wild. so bizarre. <laughs> and then she just like didn't know German and then learned it for the film. Like just yeah. We'll we'll cover Pearl on the next episode, but Pearl this, is fantastic. X and Pearl. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Great. I how disappointed would you be if you fell asleep in the middle of this movie? Oh, disappointed. Oh, my God. I would wake up at the end and be like, oh, I missed all the good stuff. Because <laughs> the ending is so satisfying. I would be so upset. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the time you would fall asleep in this movie is, like, right about the time when you would really start getting into the meat of things. Yeah, because it, like. has, it has, like, um, yeah. the way it works is it... Nothing like I, I don't want to say nothing happens because people then think I'm saying it's a boring film. No, it's a very engaging and interesting film. Right. But um, you know, it's just characters talking and you know going about their business until the crazy stuff happens. But when the crazy stuff starts, it's going until the end. Like right, there's exposition and then there's like a ramp up and then there's yeah. the climax. I mean, it's a very classic like classical story structure. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, it does. You know, it doesn't like. It's it does it's not as though it's like doing something completely new and different, but it kind yeah. of is in a technical way. It very much like um it's like little yeah, differences, little things that they're doing new and different. But the overall I mean, story is real classic, easy to Yeah, the fact to. that uh T West or Ty West, his character RJ, is like, it's possible to make a good dirty flick and like his whole goal is to make this artistic porn. And I think that was like Ty West idea. He's like, I want to make an artistic slasher, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. that also deals with exploitational, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, themes. Right. And that's why it's like perfect for that. It's yeah. just the perfect wrap up of themes. Which... I mean, imagine, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you, you go ahead. I, I imagine that like, uh, th like the cat, the crew behind the cameras, like the real crew, not the crew within the movie, like was having like similar, kind of conversations to people the, the characters in the movie because like just imagine how meta that is you have like uh, the real camera that's recording the scene the crew behind them and then you have rj the character holding a camera with his acting crew right. <laughs> crew with quotation marks behind it like hurts my brain a little bit <laughs> the the meta-ness of it all that's got to be like a really fun thing to shoot is like yeah. shooting a movie being made it's a film a it's a, it's a film about film yeah. Some people say that they don't like movies about uh, movies about movies, but I love movies about movies, Damn. and like some of them feel some of them feel a little self-referential and a little pretentious. But this movie definitely felt like a, like it came from somebody who truly loves. It just came from creators who truly love uh, movies. Yeah, I mean, there's there so many really good callback shots. A lot of yeah. just like really good callback moments. Like you feel the love pouring out of this movie. Yeah. There's tons of references in this film. It's tons of other horror films without ever 
like drawing attention to it. Like it's not like Scream where it's like, oh, that's like Halloween. Oh, that's like Friday the Thirteenth. Oh no, it's like I love very Scream much... though. <laughs> I mean, I love Scream. I'm not sitting on Scream at all. I have a Scream tattoo. I love Scream, but like it's very. It takes a different approach to the way it references other films. Like it's more about like yeah. visually referencing them. Like oh, that's like a shot from this movie, or like you know the shot of them in the van is like that shot in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the yeah. shot of. Wayne looking through the barn door is a lot like when Norman Bates is watching Marion in the shower in Psycho. Like it's exactly. so brilliant. And it's like it's like uh if you know you know. Yeah. You know that makes these self references without turning to the camera and winking. Right. You know. So I can I can really appreciate this film honestly. W- yeah. Would you turn it on to fall asleep to? I would just stay up and watch it <laughs> if I did. <laughs> Cuz it's think, so engaging. Uh, I think that this movie would I think I could uh if I watch this enough this could be a sleep movie nice yeah I could easily see this becoming a comfort film in the future for me it's comfortable it's not like overly grotesque yeah but and you know it's like it's dark and like it's brooding but like it's funny and like it's it's silly yeah I I could it's very sleek this could be a very comfortable movie to fall asleep to, I feel like. Um, but, yeah. you know, if you haven't seen it, you're probably going to be engaged. But I feel like if you watch it enough times, it could become one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's just nice to have on in the background because it's just so classic. It's a classic. Yeah. You know, I, I really do believe classic. Like I said, this about talk to me. I'm going to say it about this one as well. I think this one has has the potential to be like 20 years from now still be in the conversation yeah yeah and especially with x and pearl and yeah. maxine i mean it's and especially safe maxine to assume that maxine's gonna landing. be great yeah i think it will like if it sticks to landing in a way like uh halloween just so disappointed me that tri- new trilogy but like Halloween, well, if Halloween it's is the such a legacy. IP, yeah, it's just. I guess it's hard to compare. It's not. The I just same. get nervous when we have a, two really good movies, and I won't say that Halloween Kills was really good, but I liked it for what it was when I saw it. And sure. then, you know, I feel like when you have two decent movies or two passable movies, or you know, two movies that are one is good and one is passable, or two movies were two are great, you know, whatever. Um, you know, combination of, you know, whatever. When you have a third one that doesn't stick to landing, it's so disappointing. Like, yeah, like I thought that was Star Wars too. Cause like Rise of Skywalker, not to get too much into Star Wars. Cause I feel like our fans, like anybody listening is going to freak out at anything I say about Star Wars. So not to get too much into it, but people, like the Rise of yeah, Skywalker. People get mad about Star Wars. Like, I feel like so much about the last Jedi would have been forgiven by the fans <clears throat> if the rise of Skywalker was decent and like stuck the land. The rise of Skywalker it. was the most like damage control, like no, yes. no homo, like just the worst, yes. like the worst just piece of shit ever. Yeah. So I not to digress fucking, too much. I fucking hated that movie so I agree. much. I don't I've even care. Every... I'm not even scared to say it anymore. Rise of Skywalker is fucking terrible. <laughs> it's a bad film. The Last Jedi. I've I. Seen... I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, you right. could say like, "Oh, you f- fucking terrible." I mean, I, <laughs> I rated it five stars on Letterboxd because I'm a troll. It's not that great, but the Rise of Skywalker is just terrible. Yeah. Trash fire. But like, uh, like, um, yeah. I've seen every Star Wars film in theaters that I've been alive for that have come out so that's you know one through you know 
the one the the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Yeah, and all one the through one through three and seven through, six through nine, nine, seven through whatever the numbers are. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, one through three, and, four, and four through six, one through three, seven through nine. The Rise of Skywalker was the only one where the audience was silent the entire duration of the film. The only noise the audience made in that entire movie, which is bizarre for a Star Wars film. Even the rise, yeah. even the Last Jedi had cheering all the way throughout the the end of the film. Yeah. Okay. And then it wasn't until like the next day that everybody realized they hated it. They were like, "Oh, I was cheering at the theater last night, but I hate it now." The um, Last Jedi is good. <laughs> it's not that bad. People who say it really it's isn't. bad, I don't know. You're you're on one. Um, I personally think it's the only good. Of the sequels, but uh, I agree. That's a hot take. <laughs> but, I agree um, with that hot take, though. The new the Rise of Skywalker so fucking terrible was but... silent just all the way through until uh, until Adam Driver was like, "You're a Palpatine," and that was the only that was the only reaction that the audience got. And it wasn't like a. It was a literally one lady went, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> one lady in the front of the theater went okay, okay. and the rest of the audience kind of snickered around her but like that was it <laughs> that was the most bizarre surreal star wars experience ever because like Cause all throughout stupid. the prequels people cheered all throughout rise you know uh yeah. return of the jet or what's the force awakens people force were cheering. awakens and all the, the way through the jedi. last jedi people were cheering in fact when i walked out of the theater in last jedi one of my favorite conversations, because I love overhearing conversations of people who go to see movies with their friends, because I always go alone. But like, I love overhearing other people's conversations as I'm walking out of the theater. And like, two friends walking out of the Last Jedi when I went and saw it at the midnight showing were like, "Wow, that was so good. The Force Awakens was like mediocre compared to this." And I was like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> and I was like, kind of expecting that to be like the reaction. And then I go home and I check Letterbox, and everyone's like, "Wow, this was the worst vile garbage I've ever seen." Blah 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 blah. The Star Wars is ruined. We must find Ryan Johnson and murder him because he ruined Star Wars, and my dreams are ruined, and my childhood. <laughs> it, was like well, the... it was just crazy how people just. Yeah. Rolled with the hate of that movie. That was the that was the awakening call for me to realize, oh, maybe I just enjoy Star Wars and I'm not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was that moment. Like when the, the actors when some of the actors started getting death threats yeah, and started Rose. getting bullied. Wild. Yeah. And it's just like I mean uh, what was it? Was it Kelly Tran? Is that her name? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Rose Tycho? But like, well, and then even like the other actors were getting like even Daisy Ridley was getting it. Yeah, like, like all the actors were getting it. Even Mark Hamill, I think, was getting it. Because Mark Hamill even said like that, like the new Star Wars movies were like a total nightmare. Because, I mean, like, I bet they were. They were. Image. <laughs> I mean, Disney. I just don't. Kathleen Kennedy just... really fucking whiffed hard. It's. It's like Disney doesn't <clears throat> let directors direct. <laughs> like a lot of like Marvel directors have said that, yeah. you know, when they came on, they were surprised to find out that they didn't do the action scenes. They just directed the drama scenes. <laughs> yeah. They had somebody else to do the action. Which is why, which is why in the entirety of the MCU and all 23 or four or five, 25 movies or however many are out now, that's why none of the action scenes matter to the plot. So the second somebody starts fighting, 
you can go to the bathroom. You can walk out of the theater and go to the bathroom. <laughs> They'll still be fighting in five minutes, and nothing within the plot will have changed. You can walk in, catch the end of the fight, and then the plot will change. Then once the fight is over, that's when the plot will start happening. They don't do that thing that they used to do where the action scenes actually mattered to the plot. Nope, not anymore. The action scenes are superfluous. You that's, can walk out of the You can go to the bathroom. Now. <laughs> that's what I'm nervous about when A24... Because... Because I saw this uh, post from Reductress that A24 is done, quote-unquote, done with the emo shit now and wants to do expensive things like explosions. And I thought it was funny, but then I learned that it was true, that A24 is actually trying to um, do, like, major uh, IPs and, like, big blockbusters now. And if that is the case, I just hope that they don't... I hope that they don't take that route. I hope that they just give creators movie creators that freedom because that's what makes movies good i hope it's more like them trying to take ip and make something good with it rather than it's like oh we're getting a24's fast and the furious 12 (laughs) or no we're getting a24's Friday the 13th, A24 is Batman. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, Like, I hope it's more like, I don't know. They could fucking make their own. Talk to me and X. There you go. There's two great franchises. uh, Right. A24. Go ahead. I mean, it's hard to go go crazy. I think X, the franchise of X, is going to, you know. That'll be wrap up probably a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. That feels but more like Talk a to Me could go on for forever if they are clever enough and smart enough. Right. I mean they could they they could they have a whole well of things that they could pull from if they yeah. really wanted to. They don't have to buy Halloween and do another Halloween movie. <laughs> I think they lost it to Miramax, which is weird because didn't Miramax already own Halloween for a little while? Yeah. <laughs> Weren't they the ones that did Halloween H twenty and uh, Resurrection wasn't that Miramax? Yeah, I think so. I thought so. So they've already had it, and they already screwed it up. <laughs> so cause Resurrection is like the worst in the entire. We can just presume that the new Halloween movies aren't going to be good. Yeah, they're making like a TV series, the Miramax TV series or something. That's like the, what's uh, it going to be? That's the fall. It sounds <laughs> really bad. <laughs> that to me was the fall of Marvel for me. I was when people, they started doing TV. Yeah, that's when I really stopped caring. But I know that that's when people started caring, and I know everybody loves TV. I just have a hard time committing to TV, but it's all yeah. Right. I'm not a big fan of how TV, like the idea of TV, is to keep it going. Like WandaVision worked for me uh, because it was like a limited series. Like it had its story, it had a beginning, a middle, end, and you know, every episode was in service of reaching the end. Whereas in most TV, a lot of episodes seem to be in service of elongating the story, <laughs> yeah. which is not necessary. Like the good, the good thing about stories is that they end, not that somebody like if you right. were sitting around a campfire and somebody just started a story and was like, "Once upon a time, and then this happened, and then this happened, <laughs> and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Oh, and then this happened. Oh, and then you think this person dies, but then they come back to life, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then and then you would hate it. Yeah. you would hate it, and you'd right. be like, "Where's the story going?" That's how i feel about tv i don't know how people and then, can and then somebody new something somebody new sits down at the campfire and is like now like, this I'll is take over from here yeah now this happens and then this happens yeah exactly it's <laughs> like what the fuck 
<laughs> and then somebody who didn't even somebody who didn't even hear the first two people tell their parts of the story comes in and goes, "Well, and now this happens, and then 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 a bear comes out of the woods. A bear called the show being canceled. That's the name of the bear, and bites the head off the third person telling the story before they can finish it. And so they're just going, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then." Yeah. That's TV. That is what TV feels like to me. It is never ending filler shit until it gets canceled and pulled off without a satisfying ending. Yeah. If they could so just I'd rather watch a movie. Any show, I mean, yeah, the shows that I like are the ones that wrap up good. Yeah. Which I mean, sadly most of the time that's uh animation. Yeah. But like there's a few shows that that ended good. Um, to me, Buffy but, ended well the first time it ended, <laughs> but then it kept going. Well, yeah, that's the thing too, right? I mean, like Trailer Park Boys, like ended well, and then it kept going. Yeah. Like Arrested Development ended well, and then it kept going. Yeah, it. it yeah, this is kind of unrelated, but it kind of makes me think of how Saw just keeps making sequels, and they just keep finding like like somewhere in the chronology to stick it in like oh this happened between the second and the third yeah. movie like eventually we're gonna get a saw sequel where it's like you remember that scene in the fourth movie when jigsaw walked off frame for two seconds this sequel entirely takes place within the two seconds jigsaw was off frame right it's so god saw 24 takes place in the five minutes between saw x and saw 11 <laughs> There's there's five minutes in Saw Four when That's Amy real. walks off screen and does this, and this sequel takes place in those five seconds. That's <laughs> fucking real. I watched through the Saw movies. God, what a slog. God, God. Saw I still kind of want to see Saw X. I'm not gonna lie. I totally want to see it, but like Saw Five is just a fucking episode of Criminal Minds. It's so bad. Yeah, I think that's the one I quit on. That's the one with all the crazy transitions, right? Well, yeah, four and five have one? both. Four and five both have crazy yeah, transitions. I think does four have the ending where it like goes back to three, or is that three that goes back to two? Yeah, four has the ending where it goes back to three. That's and right. It's like three weird, and four and it's are happening like, simultaneously. Well, right? the whole like third part of four is like the ending of three, and it's like where where did three end and four begin here? This is too yeah. fucking like. They just, they could have just made every single Saw movie just be another person's experience in a trap, but they had to make it like police procedural. Like, (laughs) it's a big story. There's all these people who are fighting in the Jigsaw conspiracy. It's just like Jigsaw takes apprentices and keeps his legacy going. It's wild. Yeah, Yeah. it's so confusing. I think the fifth one is the, like, I've seen one through five probably. I think. I've seen one through five and I haven't seen six or seven, but then I've seen jigsaw and spiral. I didn't see spiral, but I think I've seen so all the bad. other ones. I've heard it was bad. <laughs> it was from the so book bad. of the book of saw from the book of saw. They were like trying to make it <laughs> seem like it was a different thing. Like it was going to be like a new twist on the story. And they're like, yeah, we've added a little bit of comedy in it this time. And the funny thing is, is like the little bit of comedy is like the opening scene. Chris rock is just ripping on Forrest Gump. That's it. So that's, I, the, that's the comedy. It's him going, oh, you know, Forrest Gump sucks, and I don't like Forrest Gump. What a shitty movie. And then they go and do the police thing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's the little bit of comedy they added I've, was him ripping on Forrest Gump. <laughs> I've heard that, they work, that he workshops some stand-up material in that movie, but wow. Ripping yeah, that, that was Gump. it. His Forrest Gump 
opinion, I guess, is him workshopping stand up. Oh boy, God. Chris Rock. I don't God, watch your stand up, but if I was you workshopping it, I I'd see why I don't watch your stand up. I don't. I don't yeah, <laughs> it wasn't good. It's <laughs> extremely it's extremely rare that I'm going to enjoy a stand up of any kind. To be honest, I, yeah, I, I'm honestly not really into that whole thing. <laughs> I'm really not into it either. Like when people put stand up on, I sit there and I'm like. And everybody around me is like laughing their butt off, and I'm just like, "Yeah, they said something I'm in like a funny this, tone." I'm like, voice. "This guy's annoying as shit." Yeah, I feel like <laughs> a lot of stand-up is just like people going, "You know what? This thing that I don't like, right? Right? Yeah, this thing that I don't like, I really don't like it. Yeah." And when I when I find somebody that does like it, I'm just like, you like that thing? Wow, you must be a person that likes that thing. I don't. And then the whole audience is like, oh, so funny. And I'm just saying, they're like, this guy needs a Twitter account. That's what's, all he needs. What's the deal with airplanes? Yeah. Sometimes I get nervous on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of stand-up. Not to... <laughs> Now that I've given my probably a controversial opinion about stand-up, it's fine if you like stand-up, okay? It's great. It's fine. I'm just, I'm, I don't Enjoy really, what you enjoy. Yeah, don't, I don't, I don't, don't get let my it. opinion affect what you enjoy. Yeah. And I, I, will, I won't let your opinion affect what I dislike. Deal? Deal. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't get into it, really. I don't get into stand-up or, like, motivational speakers or anything like that. It's just yeah, motivational speakers are the worst. I would rather stand up than motivational speakers. Yeah. Motivational speakers, it's all just, like... It feels like a grift. It is. It's all a grift. Yeah. It's, like, they never say anything actually deep. It's all, like, some dumb metaphor that, they, that they've, like, constructed that, like, has... Like, and it's it, honestly, I think it's like a form of hypnotism. Like if I really want to get into like conspiracy theory Truly. level stuff, because they have they like say a, it a certain candor of voice. Yeah. 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 They all have this practice cadence that like yeah. lulls people to sleep kind of like a trance like state almost. And that's yeah. where that's, that's how their message works. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's kind of like hypnotism, but. Feel yeah. free to look at me like I'm wearing a tinfoil cap when I say that. <laughs> no, I'm, I've, I've got the tinfoil cap with you. Yeah. yeah, I'm right there it's with fine. you. <laughs> that, but yeah, that was a great digression. I yeah, don't even I don't know, know where we started. Far, <laughs> like, we were so talking like, about Ty West X at some point, which yeah. is a great. <laughs> we were we were on we were on the questions. I think like I think what started this was would you put this movie on to fall asleep to? <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here from there? <laughs> That is fantastic. Oh, it's my so God. funny because I always think our episodes are going to be like 45 <laughs> minutes long and then uh, they pop up and I'm like, oh, wow. It's like, yeah, this is another <laughs> three, three hour one. Sorry. <laughs> We're just... Hopefully we have a lot of like warehouse workers that could just pop us in and listen to us while they, you know, work the line or whatever. <laughs> right. We're that type of podcaster. We're that type of podcast that just goes on stupid tangents constantly. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I, Wes, I love you for it. Cause you you're too. just, you're just like me in that way. We could just fucking go on and on and on about I mean, my brain like, is so ADD. Like I could find a connection to like any other topic of conversation through whatever we've been talking that's, about. That's why you get me. Cause you know, it's just like, it's all about making those connections. You know? Yeah. Just like, and that's what this movie, that's what's so great about X is there's so many yeah. connections to be made in this movie. So many. 
It's wonderful. So many callbacks, so many moments where the, the lines at the beginning call back to the lines at the end or vice versa. Yeah. Just br- just really brilliant. Yeah. And it connect and like the, the, the sequels connect in so many ways with the actors, the crew members and like the, the movie connects with other movies and yeah, it's just beautiful. What if it was animated Wes? Hmm. What style of animation? Like, I mean, I know this, this is, this wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. For some reason, I just pictured this as a flash animation, but. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Probably, that's probably like stupid. A, to make it look like a, uh, like a, a arcade game. Yeah. From the, from the 70s or 80s. Yeah. When did arcades come around? <laughs> Sometime around there. There's like. The 80s, I think. Yeah. Well, there's like a Scott Pilgrim, like animated series happening, right? Yeah, it doesn't look great. I was excited oh, for it, but it? then I saw the first trailer and it looked bad. No, it doesn't. Oh. Yeah, I was. I, I think I even mentioned I this on one of the first episodes we we were recording. I was like, "Yeah, I'm so excited! It looks great." But then they released like a scene of it or something, and like I have to look at that it's, now. It's really weird and stilted <clears throat> in comparison to the movie. <laughs> like, there's no energy to it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that kind of. So sucks. I mean, yeah, well, I guess I, I guess I came out well. But. I guess I take that back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let me just squash your hopes and dreams. Well, You're I excited g- for something? Well, guess what? It looks bad. <laughs> I don't know. How about like, how about like, uh, I don't know. just like sort of like a simplistic style of animation. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. That'd be fun. Yeah. I feel like it could, I, it could work. I just love how it's shot. It's so good. though. It is really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not to say that it would be better as an animation, but I think it could work as an animated yeah. movie. I think it could be really good. They make like animated, like oh, it could be like, <laughs> uh, maybe I shouldn't say this. Uh, you know those ads um, <laughs> when you're watching porn, <laughs> those ads where it's like <laughs> play this game, <laughs> you won't last thirty seconds. Yeah, God. It could be, it could be in like, that style of it's animation. It's like Elsa from Frozen. Or like... Yeah, getting fucked by an orc or something. God. Yeah. Five it, Nights at Freddy's XXX adults only. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's only because X is about porn that this is all coming up. In, in any other episode, I would not be talking about this. It's okay. It's okay if you watch porn. Just like if you're listening to this and you watch porn, just admit it. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. Admit it in the in the appropriate spaces, though. You know, yeah. maybe don't walk up to your you know mom and be like, "Hey, mom, I watch porn." <laughs> don't right. don't go to church and be like, "Dear congregation, I just watched this porn video." <laughs> and and There's mom, if, place, and, trusted friends, <laughs> and my mom, if you're listening to this, I mean, obviously, like. I don't watch porn and nobody does. It yeah, I've exist. never seen porn in my life. Porn, <clears throat> porn doesn't exist. You know, you know that that ad scenario I was talking about earlier. Totally fancy. Like I just fabricated that. Doesn't exist. Never seen it in my life. Nope. What are you talking about? What is porn? Porn is that like a is what? that like a a, 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 a form of can, can, corn? <laughs> corn. I'm trying too hard. That's what we say. That's what we say on TikTok. Corn. Corn. Yeah. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. This is like, that's like what a TikToker would say about like X. Imagine you're part of a corn set (laughs) and you go to Texas and there's an old man and an old woman, but they're weirder than they let on. 
and imagine and it's like just like the a shot of like the laptop with like <laughs> x playing on it i don't know yeah maybe it's too I mean, maybe like, that's to too sleep. like maybe that's too deep of a cut but i feel like i get served those videos on tiktok sometimes. yeah i see those a lot too where it's just somebody filming them watching it on the laptop while talking over it yeah it just has like five million likes it's yeah. Like, yeah a billion views um, it's like cool go off king yeah but i mean yeah i had to say corn in my video and actually uh well no i i'm not gonna, i'll save that for later, oh, i'm sorry i wasn't trying to call you out i mean i say no corn. i mean like yes, so i say corn <laughs> it's, i mean to not get like blacklisted just like how you say unaliving instead of you know killing yeah, unaliving yeah yeah which is on i i don't like it but it's the game we have to play yeah, to not get our accounts taken down yeah it's stupid yeah, it's pretty dumb. And actually, once again, I'll I'll talk about that later because that'll that'll be like a whole like twenty minute digression if I get into that. So once we're stopped recording, remind me to tell you something. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> we can't, yeah, wait, wait, uh, you don't want to talk about it on the pod. Well, it would be a really long conversation. That's the thing. Like, okay, well, since you're pushing, um, <laughs> I'm trying to make a video about Cannibal Holocaust and King Kong from 1933 and how they are like how they share DNA kind of like oh, movie sure. genealogy is like sure, sure. um how like King Kong how I believe how my personal theory that the 1933 King Kong heavily informs uh anybody's viewing of Cannibal Holocaust mm. um and I've been working on this video for a really long time mostly because I don't know how to write it to get around the censors <laughs> Because are you, making, are you making it for TikTok? Yeah, you should make it for um, YouTube. And that's what I'm thinking is maybe it'll just be end up being a YouTube video. But it's easier to, well, I don't know. I guess it seems like it would be easier to not get censored on YouTube. Yeah, than on TikTok. But that's the idea. But yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> you should. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on X? Listen, this movie, it's got that X factor. Yes. It's a star! <laughs> That's from the next one. But. I'm fucking sex symbol. Yeah, I love that. I love when she's looking in the mirror and she's like, I'm fucking sexy. And the first time she meets Pearl, she looks in the mirror and she goes, I'm fucking sexy. And she's like a little less sure about it. <laughs> yeah, goddamn, yeah. So good. So... Next week, um, we got Pearl coming out. Oh, good. And uh, we got our episode on Pearl, and then uh, an episode on Jennifer's body. And then we will be spinning the old wheel again. Hell yes. So thank you so, so much. So excited for Pearl. So excited for Jennifer's body. Both great films. Truly. Fantastic. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And this has been Film Somniacs and X. I'm Gunch. Film Gunch on TikTok. I'm Wes. Wes Talk Films on TikTok. And we wish you pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs>